You ready? 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 Watch out, three, five! podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. 
Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Missy AE podcast. Tonight, we bring to you the final Sports Whispers Weekly of 2022. I am your mm-hmm. host, Steve Kent, and I am joined by Lou. Uh, currently, we will be live for the next three hours, uh, where we will talk nothing but sports for the duration of the show. Uh, obviously, like I said, it will be the last show, barring uh, barring anything, uh, any changes, any changes happening. Uh, it will be the last show of 2022 because obviously, you know, the next two weeks, uh, basically, uh, we're going to be falling into. Uh, into conflict with not just Christmas, but also New Year's. So uh, for that, uh, for that reasoning, uh, we will probably be back. Yeah. And Festivus too. So uh, that was a joke. uh, Well, we will probably be back uh, at the first week of 2023. But Lou, uh, we have, a lot to get to. We have the world. We have the World Cup to talk about. We got yep. uh, a whole bunch of trades and signings in Major League Baseball. Uh, we got some injuries to discuss, as well as perhaps maybe yeah. a controversial figure making their return to the wrestling industry. Uh-huh. Uh Yep, we have a lot to get to. Um, so do why don't we start actually with this controversial figure? And the person in particular that I'm talking of is the former disgraced chairman of the WWE, Vince Kennedy McMahon. And for those who are unaware of what has gone on uh, over the past year, Vince McMahon, as everybody knows, was the former chairman of the board in WWE. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, uh, for a long time, he has been the owner, uh, the chairman of the board. And there have been a quite a bit of, uh, well, quite a bit of stories that have come out about him recently. Uh, in particular, the fact that there's uh, multiple allegations of sexual assault, uh, including uh two new cases that have come to light over the over this mm-hmm. past week uh that we will uh to uh into here including one that uh one that has resurfaced uh a former WWF referee uh the first female referee known as Rita Chatterton who accused Vince McMahon of rape all the way back in 1992 uh, she right. has now filed a lawsuit against Vince, uh, demanding her to or demanding him to pay her nearly twelve million dollars for her pain and suffering. Uh, Vince has long since denied her allegation when she initially broke her silence about it back in 1992, uh, and according to the Wall Street Journal. Her attorney, John Clune, wrote a demand letter 
to Vince McMahon's lawyer back on November 3rd. And a legal expert who spoke to the Post said that demand letters from attorneys who seek significant amounts of compensation are often a precursor to a lawsuit. So uh, in the letter, Clune demanded that Vince pay eleven and three quarter million dollars in damages uh, to Rita Chat to Rita Chatterton and. The attorney also wrote that the effects of McMahon's alleged actions were hard to overstate uh, and that Chatterton has supposedly suffered years of ongoing depression, substance abuse, disordered eating, lost income, and overall a decreased quality of life, according to the attorney's letter. Uh, Chatterton had alleged that McMahon back in 92 had demanded sexual favors from her as a precondition to her receiving a $500,000 per year contract from the world wrestling federation. Uh, and a former pro wrestler that went by the name of Leonard Inzitari told uh, New York magazine that Chatterton had confided in him after the alleged rape had taken place back in 1986. Uh, basically saying that she was a wreck, she was shaking, she was crying. Uh, His stage name was known as Mario Mancini, and he said soon after the alleged incident, he found Chatterton standing by herself close to the wrestling ring, and when she saw him, she burst into tears and told him she was in McMahon's limo when he, and I quote, took his penis out. Uh, Okay. Basically... Basically, she she told Intatari, he kind of forced my head down there, and I made it known I wasn't interested in doing that, according to the New York Magazine. Then Vince pulled me on top of him. Soon afterward, he was, and I quote, inside her. And the attorney, uh, her attorney has declined comment when, when, when they were approached by the Post to comment on this. Uh, Meanwhile, the lawyer for another woman, a former spa manager who alleges that she was sexually assaulted by McMahon at a Southern California resort back in 2011, has apparently been in regular contact with McMahon's longtime attorney, Jerry McDevitt, since July, according to the Washington or or according to the Wall Street Journal. Uh, The incident has never been previously reported. And. Uh, Vince has been reached out to by the Post for comment. He declined to comment also when approached by the by the Wall Street Journal. Uh, the same goes for his lawyer uh, or for his attorney, Jerry McDevitt. And the reason why you, you kind of wonder, hasn't the statute of limitations kind of already expired on this? Well, I it did. Well, there was a law that was just passed recently by both New York and California, uh, which allows sexual abuse victims a one-year window to file legal claims beyond the statute of limitations beginning in January. And obviously, because of that, because of, the, of, the, of, of that new rule, this is where these new lawsuits come into play. Uh, now, McMahon has reportedly said he will not entertain a settlement. Uh, the likelihood of a lawsuit is now uh, high following uh, these 
these claims. And he's apparently told friends that he refuses to pay settlements to Chatterton as well as the former spa manager. Now, he's been gone from the WWE since July. And since then, WWE stocks had gone up and they had reached uh, new highs uh, ever since Vince had retired. And uh, his daughter, Stephanie, and her husband and and former wrestler, Triple H, have since taken control of the company. Uh, Ever since of this news that there, there were rumors flying around that Vince was planning on making a comeback because supposedly he was given bad advice from his lawyer uh, when initially, when he initially supposedly he was given bad advice on the situation. And because of that, he apparently is seeking a return to the wrestling industry in, in particular, a return to the WWE. And the uh, Vince is, well, Vince is now said to believe that if he had stayed on as CEO, the investigations would have run their course and he could have weathered the storm. Uh-huh, I see. Now, let's not forget, he also authorized more than $12 million in payments to several women in exchange for their silence on allegations of sexual misconduct and infidelity, uh, payments that were not part of WWE financial records when they were supposed to have been. So here's the thing, here's the thing I'm looking at here, Lou, is yes. the fact that he's, he thinks he, he received bad advice and now all of a sudden he's, he's talking about, or there's rumors popping up about him coming back. Hmm. Wouldn't you think this would be worse? You know, this would be bad news for the company? Absolutely. Yeah, I think it would be bad news, you know, especially since, you know, McMahon's going to come back. I mean, I think you should know better than that. I mean, what good's going to come out of it, to be honest? I don't see anything coming out of it. Yeah, I mean, he. here's the thing. Uh he still is the majority the majority shareholder. He does still own the most voting power. Uh, he owns close to 80% of the voting power within the company. So he is still, you know, the majority uh, of whatever whatever ends up happening. Uh, now here's the th- here's the thing. Dave Meltzer of Figure Four Wrestling Online. He's been a long time. Uh, wrestling journalist. He's commented on this situation. Uh, he said if it, if they were a still private company, he could be back in the company by tomorrow. But because it's a public company, That's soon, huh? the board of, Well, yeah, because it's a private company, so that means that it, you know if, if they were still a private company before they had gone public back in 2001, you know, they wouldn't have to. They wouldn't have to think about sponsors. They wouldn't have to think about shareholders mm-hmm. and the stock prices and whatnot. But now, because they're a publicly traded company, the board of directors have to make decisions. And the board of directors, their job obviously is to look out for the company. And according to Dave Meltzer, he said, and they very well, they may very well believe, and probably do, that Vince coming back would not be the best thing because he left because of those allegations that are now public 
if he came back, there would definitely be issues with some sponsors. Uh, there would be uh, a queasiness of some sort, even perhaps Fox mm-hmm. and USA. And you're definitely risking that because with these different allegations out and the payoffs and stuff like that, it would be a big, big, big risk for the company. And also, according to Melter, he said, I know allies of Vince, very much allies of Vince and very protective of him and stuff like that, who are not business allies of him within that company right now because they know that it would be the worst thing. And these are very strong allies of Vince, like his right hand, his right hand people, basically. Yeah. Uh, they say right now they say morale is as high as it's ever been in the company. People are happier right now. Sure. They know the company's running better, and so the people who are allies or are looking at the best interests of the company, they don't want Vince back. When Vince was on The Rock, they were allies of Vince, and they didn't think he was ever going to let go. And they thought that he would ride it out and it would go away. But once he left, the idea of him coming back, I was surprised about a lot of people, and this is coming from Meltzer. uh, I was surprised about a lot of people who you would think are his allies, and personally, I'm sure they are, but as far as wanting him back, I'm sure there there are some people. So it sounds to me, Lou, like most of most of the people who even used to be his supporters don't want him back. I can't blame him because you would have to you would have to wonder, Lou. I mean, obviously, you know, if he tries to come back and 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 uh, make it look as if nothing ever really happened. You got to think, think, uh, think of it like that. Oh, nothing ever happened. It's just this whole thing. Right. Yeah, it did happen, buddy, but you're going to try and cover it up. Balls. Can't really cover it up now because it's all out there. But the thing is, because it's all out there, you have to there are still people who have yet who have yet to come forward and you kind of have to wonder if they now might come forward uh if he decides to make a return which if anything will damage the company even further that's right that's what i'm saying now, you know it's all coming out and you know the more of a time it's not going to help the situation it's only going to make it worse right exactly you know, uh, WWE has, has, for the moment, repaired their relationships with uh, their sponsors and the networks uh, for whatever damage the Vince McMahon uh, controversies had done to their relationship with, uh, with their sponsors and the networks. Uh, they have seemingly patched things up. But now you kind of you figure if Vince comes back, you you run the risk of of uh, that damage, basically all those repairs being undone. And in particular, uh, Fightful Select, uh, which is a wrestling journalist uh, company, they heard from over a dozen people within WWE regarding this situation, and the consensus was that McMahon should not return to the company. 
one talent in particular told the outlet that while they had a positive relationship with him prior to, to him leaving, the news is, is considered to be exhausting, and they hope, they hope that the yeah. fact that Vince ran the company stays in the past. Uh, another person said they would be concerned for the wrestlers that were rehired if Vince ended up returning to the WWE. Uh, a higher up in the company was said to not have been con- to not have been as concerned and brought up how the stock price, viewership, and morale has improved since Vince left. That person doesn't believe that Vince will return despite having voting power within the company, and they stated the following. Uh, it would be a really selfish move for Vince to come back under any circumstances. The reason he left, how business has done since then, it would be really selfish, but selfish activities are what led to him leaving in the first place. And now, meanwhile, an online petition has actually emerged to try and stop Vince from returning to the company. And Good move. As of this, and as of this moment, uh, I mean, it's not really, you know, it's not really, it's not really big, but uh, I mean, they don't even have a thousand signatures, so you know, a lot of people are not really taking it seriously. But no, but here's the problem. Yes. If if they allow him to return to the company. Uh, and by the way, as of this moment, the stock price is up 13.66% since oh, wow. Vince left. So the stock price yeah, is Yeah, that's the reason why it should return, because the stock will go down if he returns. So I say, you know, I mean, it's good, it's good right now. So why, you know, why reverse the damage? You know, because he comes back, the stock will go down anyway, and then you're going to be in deep shit again. So why go exactly. back, and, you know, why go back and repeat it? I mean, let, let me let me give you a comparison. Uh, as of as of a year ago, the stock price was as low as forty six point ninety one cent, forty six dollars and ninety one cents per share. The highest it's gone since the w, since Vince left. The highest it's gone is eighty one dollars and six three cents per share. Hmm. Right now, it sits at $73.78 per share. So it's, I mean, it has improved drastically over the last year since he left. I'll say. I mean, wouldn't you think that if you're WWE, you really you risk the possibility of from all all of these steps forward yeah, that you've you made, you you risk a legitimate possibility of completely erasing that uh, that progress. If you did that, there wouldn't be any progress. You know, you, if you went back to that, there wouldn't, there wouldn't be any progress. It'd be all wiped. It'd be all wiped out. So why would you go back and repeat it? The dope. Exactly, and you know, yeah. like I said, they call me stupid. There's, like I said, there's probably going to be a hell of a lot more stuff that will potentially come out if he were to oh, if, if he were to make a return. 
She was going to do some serious shopping, I, Steve. Huh? She was going to really drop now. Yeah. I mean, they really risk the the possibility that something bigger comes out comes out out of this that could potentially. I, I mean, we we saw him go through the steroid era when when he went to court for allegedly supplying steroids to his uh, to his talent. Granted, the company survived through that, but I mean, this is multiple counts of sexual assault, alleged sexual assault. Mm. With the uh, with the world the way it is now, where everybody has to be very careful about what's talked about and everything. Yes. They real. I know. I said this earlier. Uh, earlier in the in these whole uh, in this whole situation, they really risk the possibility that they lose some of their sponsors, as well as the fact that, that they lose. As well as the fact that they would lose potentially some of the networks. I mean, hell. Let me put, let me put it to you, put it to you like this. Uh, they just recently released Mandy Rose from the WWE. She's a she just ended her reign as the longest NXT Women's Champion. I think it was like around four hundred. It was over four hundred days that she had held the title. Literally, the very next day, she got released. And the reason why she got released is because of she's making money off of uh, not-safe-for-work photos that she posts online for subscribers. Uh, Basically, they're like nude photos, essentially, uh, for people that subscribe to her. It's kind of like like if you've heard of uh, OnlyFans, Lou. Yeah. If you've heard of that service, OnlyFans, it's basically kind of like that. Uh, Yeah. And WWE... And WWE not just not just made her lose the title, but immediately released her the very next day because of the fact that mm. uh, her postings were getting too non-safe for work and would potentially wow. get them in trouble with the uh, with the sponsors. You know, th- this is this is back. Let's not forget this is a former company that once had a deal with Playboy. Right. They once had a deal with Playboy to uh, to have some of their women pose for the magazine, and we're not and we're not just talking editorials. We're talking like nude pictures. So, for a company well, to go from that to all of a sudden now firing wrestlers or, or, or fire yeah firing women's wrestlers over uh, pretty much the same exact thing. How do you think it's going to look if Vince ends up coming back? Oh, it's going to be hell. Yeah, it's not going to be a good look, period. (laughs) No. So, I mean, it's – I'll just put it this way. If Vince ends up coming back, the company's just going to go backwards. I mean, yeah, yeah it's still going to be a global. At the end of it, as we know it, 
I mean, it's it'll still be a global juggernaut, but mm. like I said, they risk a whole lot of damage potentially being done. Yes. But anyways, uh, let's go on from that to, unfortunately, some sad news uh, yeah. earlier this week as the world of college football lost uh, quite a uh, quite a representative for college football, in particular uh, Mississippi State's head coach, Mike Leach, who tragically passed away uh, this past week at the age of 61. And in particular, uh, the understanding of it is he had gone to some sort of Christmas party, I guess, mm. uh, back on actually last uh, last Saturday. He had gone to a Christmas party. And that night, he reportedly had trouble sleeping. The very next day, he experienced an undisclosed health issue, which was revealed to be a massive heart attack, and he he ended up being hospitalized in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, he was listed in critical condition. However, it was then reported uh, about a day or so later that he had suffered a massive heart attack, and he mm-hmm. had not received any medical attention for 10 to 15 minutes before uh, EMTs arrived. And he had also suffered seizures. Exactly. He had suffered um, seizures that may have contributed to brain damage as a result. And he ended up dying the following day at the age of 61. Uh, Mississippi State, in a statement that they had made, gave the cause of death as complications due to a heart condition. And like you said, Lou, that def- that was definitely way too long. As I told Jim, yes. uh, our uh, you know the owner of the of this uh, podcast, when I was talking to him on uh, on Facebook, I said he was probably brain dead by the time they got to him because that is way yeah. too long for the brain to go without oxygen. Yeah, you're not supposed to go that long without oxygen. And that, that's, that's just a shame, though. That they had to wait that long to get to, to get help. They could have saved his life, or they acted quicker. Yeah. Although I don't, I don't know though if. Uh, oh. I mean, they you know they said that it was a massive heart attack, but we don't know if he actually yeah. died from the heart attack or. Uh-huh. If there was something else. Like, I, I supposedly he had been okay. dealing potentially with pneumonia, I think. Yes. I think I heard that. Too. Possibly from from, from uh, one of the reports that I had read. But needless to say, uh, he passed away at the age of 61. And he leaves uh, – he leaves with a career record in college football – uh, through 22 years with a record of 158 and 107 split between Mississippi State, Washington State, and Texas Tech. And he's actually well known for being the innovator of the air raid offense, which has completely changed the way we see college, the way that college football is played. 
And just to list some of his uh, some of his accomplishments here, uh, in particular, we'll just start uh, as Kentucky's offensive coordinator. He broke four NCAA records, 42 SEC records, and 116 school records as their offensive coordinator during his time in Kentucky. With Texas Tech, he had 10 consecutive winning seasons, eight consecutive seasons with at least eight wins, four seasons with at least nine wins, one season with 11 wins. He had nine consecutive bowl appearances, uh, five bowl wins, which is the most by any individual coach in the history of the Texas Tech program, four seasons completed with a team ranked in the top 25, uh, he had a 19-11 and 11 record against in-state conference rivals Baylor, Texas, and Texas A&M. He had a 53-11 and 11 record at Jones AT&T Stadium, home of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. He was the Big 12 Coach of the Year in, in 2008. Uh, he coached a Fred Bolitnikov Award winner for the best wide receiver in Michael Crabtree. Uh, he also coached one of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Awards, which went to the best senior quarterback. That, of course, the was Johnny Sam Harrell. That's what that's what it's named after. Yeah, the Golden wow. Arm Award, the Johnny the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award, uh, which that. went to the best senior quarterback, and that went to Graham Harrell. Uh, he also coached the uh, one winner of the Mosi Tatap or Tatupu Award, which is the best kick returner. That was Wes Welker. Uh, he also coached three Sammy. He also coached three Sammy Baugh Trophy winners, which went to the best quarterback. Uh, that was Cliff Kingsbury, B.J. Simmons, Brian, uh, Brian Simmons, as he was also known by, and Graham Harrell. Uh, as Texas Tech's head coach, he broke more than 150 NCAA, as well as Big 12 and Texas Tech records as their head coach. And he is also the all-time winningest football coach in Texas Tech history. And that's just with Texas Tech. With Washington State, with Washington State, he was a two-time Pac-12 coach of the year back in 2015 and 2018. He had four consecutive winning seasons with Washington State. He was the first Washington State coach to win 11 games in a season. He also coached another winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award. That was Gardner Minshew. Uh, mm-hmm. He also had one top 10 finish as well as two bowl wins under Washington State. Uh, for Mississippi State, he was the first head coach to win against a top 10 ranked team in their coaching debut. And he also broke SEC and school and, and a Mississippi State record in passing yards in a single game. Not to mention uh, a whole bunch of assistant coaches or players that had gone that had uh, either coached or played under him 
who ended up going on to be head coaches or uh, either in college or in the NFL. Some of the names, just to list off, Art Bryles, Lincoln Riley, uh-huh. Cliff Kingsbury. All familiar names. Uh, Dana Holgorsen, mm-hmm. Sonny Dykes. Uh, let's see. Hopefully I'm getting, I'm getting this name right. Jeff Choate or Cote or I don't know. I, I think don't it's know exactly Cote. How to Cote. Uh, yeah. Eric Morris. Okay. So needless to say, you know, there, there's been a whole bunch of, uh, players, former players and coaches that have coached in his coaching tree and have gone on. To, uh, that have been in this coaching tree and have gone on to to uh, to coach either in the NFL or in college. So, needless to say, Lou, this is a massive, massive loss for yeah. the college football world, college sports in general. I think. Actually, yeah, college sports in general, because you know there's. Yeah. Sure. There's not really that many good guy coaches no. like Mike Leach. And there probably won't be. Or it'll be hard to match. But I mean this guy this guy had multiple conferences uh praying for his uh for his health and well being and hoping that he would pull through. And unfortunately, he just it was it was basically too late. So Mike Leach officially has passed at the age of sixty-one. Over in the NFL, we do have uh, a few games have already taken place. In particular, uh, first off, let me bring in. I believe we have Alex uh, joining us. How you doing, Alex? All right, Alex. Steve, my brother, I'm doing great. Hey, good to see you guys. How's everyone going? All right. Well, we can't see you, but thanks. Yeah, I basically uh, just uh, mispronounced everything I could, so I just butchered my intro, but hello. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we're uh, we're doing good. Um, we ha- have just gone into uh, into NFL coverage. Uh, we do have one game currently underway, uh, the Buffalo Bills yeah. with a slim one-point lead over the Miami Dolphins, 14-13 uh, with about a minute, to a minute to go, a minute to go in the first half. However, we did see history get made uh, <laughs> earlier today. In particular, sure. a game between the Minnesota Vikings and the Indianapolis Colts, which went to overtime. The Vikings trailed the Indianapolis Colts by as much as 33 to nothing. The Vikings came all the way back. The Colts only scored three, I believe, let me just make sure I'm, make sure I've got the breakdown here, the official breakdown of the, of the score. That is accurate. Yes. Kennedy. But I believe they only scored three points the second half. 
after scoring 33 points. They scored only three points, and Minnesota came back and won in overtime, 39-36, making it the largest NFL comeback in NFL history. Astonishing. And, Steve, to, to your point, <laughs> it looks like they, uh, they stole the uh, Falcons playbook from that Super Bowl. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. Keep the pedal on the metal, right? I mean, right. You, how how yes. dare you as a head coach, as a coaching staff? It's not on the players. I'm sorry. I'm not blaming the players. It's like me and you and, and Lou, anyone else's job out there. It's up to the front office. Mm-hmm. They they put the pedal off the metal. I mean, you have to keep doing what's, what what made them score 32 points. They diverted from the game plan, and here here here's what they did. I mean, just run to that. I mean, I mean Jeff. First of all, Jeff Saturday should have never had a job. This is just. No, I mean, no. he's on his. He should be on Indeed.com tonight, right now, with his resume. He should still he should still be with ESPN. He shouldn't exactly. have even someone thinks so. Yeah, take this guy's headset away. But you know, a lot of people when they announced that hiring, a lot of people thought that oh, the Colts are obviously tanking for the rest of the year yeah. because okay, no one well, in their right mind. Yeah. No one in their right mind would hire Jeff Saturday, who went no. two and seven, who went two and seven mm-hmm. as a high school head coach in his only <laughs> head coaching experience. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't resume Jeff. Don't even show your resume when you come around here. <laughs> I mean that that uh, you know, uh, Bill Cower even went on a huge rant about it. Basically Good. Good. saying it was a, it was a disgrace to to head coaching. It was Absolutely. a disgrace. And, it was yeah, a disgrace and, to every. Uh, uh, they they have God knows how many how many head co- how many former head coaches on that coaching staff. Yeah, and and not to sound like uh like some old school uh you know oh yeah it, it should be this way you know Cowers a very kind of I don't want to say conservative. He's old school. When he's pissed about it, you know it's a bad thing. Because there's right. a lot of people who, who came up to the ranks, you know what I'm saying, special teams coaches, yeah. D coordinators for, for 24 years. They, they've been at San Diego State. Then maybe they've become a, uh, you know, a defensive back coach at Penn State. You know how hard it is to become a head coach in the NFL? This guy got gift wrapped a coaching job. I mean, it's an absolute travesty to all the coaching ranks. It's pathetic. Yeah, it's it, honestly it's it's yeah. very disgusting the fact that you know it, it it just clearly shows you that Buffalo or not Buffalo I I don't know why I almost said Buffalo uh, mm. it, it just clearly shows that Indianapolis is very clearly oh that is definitely a pass interference call there uh, you know it, very clearly they are tank or they wanted to tank for the rest of the season and that's ultimately why. They, uh, you know, they hired Jeff Saturday. I don't think they even expected him to win a single game, like he did. Nope. Yeah, I, but, I agree. At the same time, you could do it more justifiably, you know, without as much drama or as much talking heads like you and me and Lou. You could just hire someone right. within. 
could you could promote the linebackers coach Raheem Morris or I, I'm I'm just naming random. Okay, know, what was Honey Which one was his David Burns? These these coaching staffs have a lot of people on hand who are a lot more qualified than Saturday. So given that yeah. job, is it? Right. I mean, they had John Fox on that. They had John Fox on that team. Yeah. Former, I mean, uh, come on. Right. right. They have 25 coaches making, you know, half a million a year. They have some people on the staff. And you mean to tell me that he, that John Fox doesn't have enough, uh, doesn't have enough credentials and instead, you know, just, and instead just give it to, uh, you know, j- just give it to Jeff Saturday, who hasn't coached yeah. a single game in his life. Yeah. Let, okay. Saturday just wake up, let, let Saturday wake up on a Sunday and go, oh, you're the new head coach. Right. I mean, it's 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 well, because, said, he, he over Sunday went into Monday. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And, and call me maybe. No, I mean, Saturday, yeah, no, no, being a head coach. Like you said, <laughs> well, hey, what are you bringing to the table? Well, two and seven is the high school coach. Okay, let's hire him. Let's bring him in. Yeah. Yeah, even though you suck. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this is no brain, no brain. And the thing, the th- the thing too is, this is the same exact quarterback who threw a who, uh-huh. who blew a twenty-eight to three lead over the New England oh, yeah. Patriots. Yep. Well, don't forget oh, the, yeah. the, the the footballs were deflated, so. I mean, I don't know which is worse, blowing a 33 nothing lead in the regular season or blowing a 28-3 to lead in the Super Bowl. That's, I think, because you lost the Super Bowl, not just a regular game. You know, that, I mean, that's going to sting, sting a lot more. You know, up 20-3 in the Super Bowl, game was in the bag, and then what the hell happened? You know, that, that hurts a lot more than just a regular season game because you'll play at least, you know, another game. Oh, yeah. Super Bowl, you don't get another chance. That hurts a lot more. I mean, let's let's just look at look at that for like thirty seconds. Imagine that you're up that big in the Super Bowl and you lose. I, that's so pathetic. I mean, it is. It's like you, you you're like giving over the the car. If you're flying down the highway and you're doing well and you got the hot girl in the car and you're an all American, why would you slow down? You don't start running exactly. The ball and, yeah, stupid. Some if you're hitting a a hammer, a, a pull cue, a, a golf club. You're, if you're pitching strikes, you don't stop what you're doing. Keep going. No, I like gave up. By the way, the refs here, the refs in this game just do not want to call pass interference. Instead, they want to call holding, even though it's pass mm-hmm. interference. Well, they do not. They desperately uh, do not. The refs want are pretty Buffalo dumb this year. Score. They desperately well, do not want Buffalo to score. What was that? Pierce and Pierce, one of my favorite songs. Hold me now. <laughs> oh, hold my heart. Oh, yeah. They're holding everywhere. Oh. Everyone's. But, it's you whole know, party. still. Well, the... Go ahead. No, I was saying it's a hold party on Buffalo. There's a, lot, a whole lot of holding going on. Oh, yeah. But, you know, the, just the, the whole thing in general is the fact that you know, the refereeing has just been horrible to begin with this year anyways. I mean, uh, now we have no idea what the fuck a real roughing the passer call is because yeah, it's basically, they, oh, if you make 
if you make control or if uh like for example San Francisco San Francisco had a pick six uh nullified because that was, of a roughing the passer call literally literally I, I i you know obviously quote me you know correct me if I'm wrong but uh that was Bosa I saw two or three today or uh, I've seen a million plays the last five years, I want to say, where literally old mm-hmm. school, you know, Lawrence Taylor, um, Ray Lewis, Reggie White, the pass rushers, if you get to that quarterback, you can light him up. Now, literally, I'm not trying to get anyone injured. I'm not trying to be some, like, badass critic about it, but it's it's incredible now. You cannot touch the guy. I, I, saw, I saw plays today where the guy released the ball, the guy's already pass rushing, already in the form of tackling him, and it's roughing the passer. So, I mean, is there no – so, basically, they're untouchable? I don't know. I don't know. I'm from a different yeah. thought with quarterbacks. I mean, you're suiting up. You're the quarterback. Yeah, obviously, we, want, we don't want to energy you, but people have the right to hit you. I mean, that's part of the game. Right. I mean, right. they're way too and, uh, that's my five. And in particular, there was one play I remember. I think it was Patrick Mahomes that got sacked. It was yeah, a legitimate sack. It was a legitimate sack, and they called it roughing the passer, tackle. even though he, even though he was holding on to the ball, and it didn't seem like there was yeah. any other extra form of aggression. He was inviting. He was inviting the play that happened. He was inviting contact. Then they contact him. And, oh, roughing the passer. I mean. So what are you going to do? Do you want a guy to just sit down and watch the quarterback throw? Yeah. I mean, those guys yeah. are chasing – I mean, those guys are bulldogs off the edge. They're getting paid big money. And you can go back to high school. I mean, guys are working hard. That's the biggest – that's yeah. one of the best positions in football, the guys who can get to the quarterback. I'm not talking about it. Right. I don't want anyone fearing. I don't want any paralysis, obviously. I don't want anyone getting injured. But you have a God-given right as a football player to get up the edge and hit the quarterback in the ribs. I mean – yeah, I, I mean, I understand. I understand. I understand if it was, understand if it was helmet to helmet contact or something. But this wasn't even helmet to helmet contact. No, not even, not even close. Like so, so I guess you're uh, apparently they're not allowed to hit the quarterback now. I I didn't get the memo. I mean, yeah, basically, basically you cannot, you cannot, you cannot touch. You cannot touch a quarterback, or else it's considered roughing the passer. I guess. And Steve, you know, you know the deal. You know, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, back in the day, I mean, guys would light them up. It's dude, it's part of the job. It's part of the job. I mean, right? You know, nothing the helmet, nothing violent, but people get hit. Yeah. It's way too ridiculous you know, now. And you know, they have they have so many of these running quarterbacks. How about this? Uh, you know. Running quarterbacks often get injured because of the fact that they're running. Well, first off, yeah. maybe stay in the pocket. Maybe stay in the pocket if you yeah. don't want. Or There's no you idea. know, if you're, or Thank if you. you're gonna, or if you, or if you need to, if you need to leave the pocket, uh, leave the pocket and throw the ball away. Don't decide openly. Oh, you know what? I'm just right from the beginning. I'm gonna, I'm gonna run the ball, and risk oh, yeah. getting injured. Okay. Yeah. If you if you go out on that ledge, right? If you live a little dangerous, okay. You know, Stephen Tyler style. Okay, third and five. Lamar, if you roll out, Mahomes. You know, Hurts, McNabb, whatever, whoever you want to say. If you roll out, you're getting yourself into some 
maybe some trouble. I mean, you can't roll out and be protected. If you're going to scramble, they're going to light you up. Again, that's right. part of the deal. That's part of the deal. Otherwise, I mean, you see guys sliding now for three yards. People can't even hit them on the way down. That never used to happen uh, ten years ago. Quarterbacks mm-hmm. wouldn't run as much. Now it's like they're they're bulletproof. They're invent- I, I'm I'm obviously pr- uh, anti you know obviously concussion, anti any injury. But like quarterbacks are way too protected. It's it, the game has changed. They'll throw a flag. I mean, I mean, I'll tell you right now. Quarterbacks, uh, quarterbacks get used to get hit harder than pinatas. Yeah, I mean, I'll t- I'll tell you right now. Ball. You know, Russell uh, Russell Wilson, who who has just uh, been dealing with a concussion. Uh, if you yeah. look at if you look at him uh, when he suffered that concussion last week, he he literally he looked like he was fucking drooling, like in his uh, oh, I, yeah. No, and see, he looked Steve, like he I, was. I I wanted to simply for I wanted to simply clarify what I was uh, trying to say. Obviously, I would never want anyone to have a. I mean, there's some brutal injuries. So right. like, yeah, the, I hate seeing that. I mean, one of my favorite players who I actually met growing up, you know, Randall Cunningham, Reggie White, uh, Andre Waters. Mm. He committed to it. He was a pastor with like five kids in Philadelphia. Right. And PT like Junior Sauer. He he was a pastor, and he like literally just went off the deep end one night. So I never want to see anyone, anyone suffer uh, brain injuries. But, no. I mean, I just, I just think if, if a quarterback's rolling out, you know, obviously hit him in the chest, hit him in the waist, hit him in the ankles. That's all I was trying to say. I mean, yeah. right now it's like they're, uh, they're untouchable. That's not the way it should be. Right. That's not the way it used to be it, to me. I mean, come on. Correct. Yeah, it's just it's it's gotten unbelievable, honestly. At at, at this at this point, the way that uh, the way that the game has completely regressed to the point of where literally, oh, you can't uh, like you know, I, I I understand if they if they give a penalty for roughing the passer, like if you come and con- if you go straight for the legs. Instead of uh, yeah. you know trying to make a tackle, if you go straight for the legs, I understand that because you know you risk because you risk a potential injury. But when you have a tackle that takes place, like for example, I'll even bring up not just Mahomes, but what happened to Brady when Brady uh, got tackled one play, and they ruled it a roughing the passer, which actually negated uh, – it, it was a potential game-winning uh, play for the defense. Wow. It was a potential game-winning play. And instead, uh, that roughing the passer basically or, – or at least it would have put the offense with two minutes to go. It would have put the offense in a, uh, in, a, in a position to at least try and tie or win the game. Yeah. Wow. But because Good. because of that roughing because of that roughing the passer call, all of a sudden the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were given a first down and it was game over. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and I can tell you I, I can tell you for a fact it was not roughing the passer. No, it wasn't. And you heard the latest about the roughing the passer call, right? They want the roughing the passer call. They want they want ejected from the game. After that, that is that is ridiculous. Oh, You're going to take a no, player from the on. from the entire game? No, no, that's going over the line. 
that's the number one job of any defender, especially in football, especially if you're on the line. Your right. job. Dumbass. You go home to your wife or kid. Wait, I try to sack the quarterback. That's my job. That's how I get paid. Yes. So, you, oh, oh, I can't touch him? No, they got to come. They're, they're heat-seeking missiles. What's that? You can't even okay. pee on them? Midway or down her chest. They're missiles. What, are they going to stop being aggressive? They'll be unemployed. Football, you else, idiot. You had to be aggressive. Someone else will hit Brady if they don't. If, like, it's 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 egregious. I, that's the worst part of the NFL I've seen re- recently. They're, the quarterbacks are like tough on dumb. They can't be touched. Yeah. yeah, it's it's honestly it's pathetic at this point. It's it's really pathetic. The uh, with uh, with everything that they've uh, that they've changed yeah. uh, with the rules and whatnot. Uh, but back to back to the uh, to the record breaking game today. Uh, Matt Ryan, I mean, it's it's very clear he's nowhere near the quarterback he once was. He's nowhere near no. the MVP. He's nowhere near the MVP type caliber player he once was. Uh, only yeah. 182. Only 182 yards and one touchdown today for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, and let me check out. It, yeah, let me check are looking it, at, you know, Motley Crue. Uh, Motley Crue is never going to be the same. Matt Ryan, his ship sailed about a decade ago, hmm. and I got to tell you, it's, from what I see, it's pathetic. I thought it was the Falcons. Yeah. Now it's like I, maybe Matt Ryan was the problem. I don't know what was going on with they're sipping the Kool Aid in uh, BC. He was awesome cr- coming up, but like he looked lost, disjointed mentally, physically. He's already, you know, he's older, but he just does not. I mean, right. how do you lose a lead like this? The whole year he's been benched twice. They've been through two head coaches, and he can't even lead, can't hold this lead today. I, I what's next? Oh, one? one thing, one thing Come also on. though to consider. One thing to consider, uh, they did lose Jonathan Taylor. To a ankle injury, so unknown. It's unknown right now the prognosis as far as how long Taylor might be out. But uh, they did lose him, I believe, early to an injury, so that forced Zach Moss to be the number one running back sure. out of that offense. Tom, um, Steve, I mean, uh, think about think about the overall uh, viewpoint or the overall outlook or prognosis for Matt Ryan right now? Where is he going right now? So next year, are they going to start him? I think he's done. Uh, I mean, the, the, Colts, the Colts can't start him next year. Opening, opening I, think it all, I, think, I think it all depends. I think it all depends on where the Colts land in the draft. If they get, if they get a new quarterback, if they get a quarterback, a high-up quarterback in the draft, I think he's done. Well, I mean, to – agree with you though but think about this i mean if they select the top five top top nine you know i mean tj stroud uh you say whoever they if they do go quarterback he could be the guy who grooms them for a year you know developmental yeah maybe yeah maybe the bridge yeah i mean here because here's the thing the only other option they have at quarterback is sam ellinger and ellinger is even worse than ryan yeah, yeah. It's like leaving a, it's like leaving a uh, dive bar and then going to like the gutter. You're like, where do we go from here? <laughs> this is rock bottom. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, uh, tell me what you what you guys think. A quick uh, bottom of the barrel. 
no, if you if you're gonna go um you know, I think Matt Ryan could still play quarterback right now. If you're the Giants next yeah. year. Matt Ryan? Uh I don't know. You know, I think they would still stick with Jones for one more year than uh before yes. they would do Ryan. Who do you guys like better? Daniel Jones? Matt Ryan? Uh honestly I would say probably Daniel Jones. Yeah. Mm. More athletic, quicker. Cuz at Ooh. least Jones, at least Jones has something working right now with this uh Yes. I mean, he's not he doesn't have bad numbers. He has equally the uh, close to the same amount of yards as Matt Ryan, uh, like 300 yards less, but he has 12 wow. touchdowns, four picks. He's actually limited his turnovers this year. He's actually playing pretty well now. Yeah. Bill Jones has kind of grown up a little bit, which is interesting. Obviously, people can smirk and, and talk shit and go, oh, it's his contract year. But he actually honestly has grown up to an extent this year. I think he's a good quarterback. Oh. He's not John Elway, but, I mean, if I'm the Giants, I'm re-signing him. I, would I mean, I would rather on. go – I would rather go with him as opposed to going – if I was given a choice between Daniel Jones and Matt Ryan, Jones can still win you a game. I don't think Matt Ryan yeah. right at this stage in you his got, career. You got to keep Matt out of the picture to, like, make sure it's a good movie. <laughs> you're like, Matt, you're not part of this. Don't mess up this win. Matt's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But you know it's it is unfortunate. You know i I was a fan of Matt Ryan back when he was in Boston College. Uh, oh, yeah. You know it, it, it's very unfortunate that this is basically the tra- the trajectory that his career has taken since leaving Atlanta. But uh, yeah. you know it's and, just yeah, it, it almost time, seems but... like he never he never recovered. From that Super Bowl loss, neither all the Falcons. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the Dirty Birds overall, guys. The Dirty Birds never, uh, you know, got their wings back after that. They haven't been the same since. But I mean, you, you think about it through the years; it's interesting. You could put him if you put a, a young Matt Ryan on the Giants in the last nine years; they've won two, maybe one. I he's better than Eli, I think. I don't know. I mean, take a, look at his, take a look at his total numbers. Let me bring up his total. Yeah, Let me bring up his total numbers. Uh, he has a career completion percentage as of this week, as of today's compare, game. He compare, has him to complete, he has, compare him to Daniel Jones? Okay. Yeah, uh, I know we all know Matt's going to be better, but I want to see that. I was maybe going to say compare him to um, Eli Manning. Minus the rent. Oh, compare him to Eli. We could have. I mean, that's a good little thought right now. An argument. I mean, I would take a young Matt Ryan over a young Eli Min. Yeah. I mean, right, I think hang, the time. Yeah, hang on. Let me, yeah, let me uh, let me bring up Eli's stats and let me bring up Jones. Okay, so oh, I'm, not Jones. Um, let's, let's be honest. Uh, let's be honest. Ryan. I should mention Jones. Let's be honest. <laughs> we can look at Eli. Uh, John's going to get smoked. Yeah. but he, Okay, here we go. Let's start with Matt Ryan. He has okay. a career 
he has a career completion percentage of 65.6%. That's as of that's, today's game. That's really good. 65 is really good. Compa- compared, compared to Eli Manning, Eli has a career completion percentage of 60.3%. Mm. Thank you. I was, I was honestly going to say 62. 60.5. Matt yeah, Ryan... Okay. Matt Ryan has a career passing yardage of 62,610. Wow. Eli Manning wow. Eli Manning has a career of five, of, of 57,023. Now, <laughs> I I preface this, I preface this by saying sure. that that's largely due to injury. Okay. Okay. Whereas Matt yeah, Ryan yeah. has been Matt Ryan Matt I'm, Ryan has been a pretty I'm, consistent player throughout his career. Yeah, and Steve, Steve, sorry, bud. I was just gonna say, um, also with the stats, you know, bolstered and and built up, Matt's still playing. Then yeah, you know, Eli Eli stats stats are uh, set in stone. Matt's still going right. But I would uh, look at the, six, for, the touchdown mm. internet uh, interception. Uh okay touchdowns or oh, okay here we go for Matt Ryan I think Matt Ryan 300 back. Matt Ryan 380 touchdowns 183 picks That's a great Eli that's Manning 380, 380. Mm-hmm. Yeah Eli Manning Eli Manning 366 touchdowns 244 picks Many more picks. So Stat-wise, yeah, about – hang on. About 60 – about 61 more picks uh, Eli has compared to Matt Ryan. Oh. So, now, granted, uh, Eli played – I think as of this season, he's played one more season – than Matt Ryan has in his career. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan debuted in 2008, and he's he's played three seasons since Eli retired. Okay. Eli, yep. Eli, de- Eli debuted in 2004, and he retired in 2019. I mean, but come on, can we can we really can we even imagine that? I mean, Eli. Yeah, remember you guys. We've been around the block. We're, we remember the story. Eli was blown out a little bit. Yeah. Giants suck out of nowhere. Gettleman, they're terrible. Shit, dick, pardon my Latin, shit, dick, GM, fucking randomly drafts Daniel Jones from Duke. That's a with the number five overall pick. With the number five overall pick, they could have had an impact pass rusher, cornerback, wide receiver. No. Daniel's, and then Eli was like, okay, guys, I'm gone. The next year, he retired. I mean, what? what and a actually, slap in the let face. me. What a slap in the let face! Let me double check. When did when did yeah. he, uh, let's see Jones debut in twenty nineteen? He accelerated Eli's exit. He ushered him out. Yeah, because because Eli Obviously. Eli only played Eli only played in four games that year before Daniel Jones he took like, over. Yeah, right? he was like, I don't need it. I mean, his his wife like he has an established family. Obviously, the men. Come on, they have like three uh, right. kids coming up that are going to Mahomes. They're made of money. They're famous everywhere. Giants, like, pissed him off. He was like, you know what? I don't need this. He just walked away. 
They did him dirty. Right. Oh, and by the way, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan had. Uh, Matt Ryan. They didn't. Sorry, Steve. They didn't draft the next Mahomes. How do you draft Daniel Jones? Duke anyone? Sorry, in football. What is this? That was like a joke of a pick. Eli's like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. It was. Yeah, Matt, uh, also, it's also worthy to note, Matt Ryan has 13 rushing touchdowns uh, on 1,539 career rushing yards compared okay. to Eli, compared to Eli, who had 567 career rushing yards for seven rushing touchdowns. But then again, though, Eli, I think, was more of a pocket passer as opposed to Matt Ryan. All right, we're not exactly talking about Randall Cunningham, okay? Uh, Eli Manning could not yeah. walk around at five hundred. <laughs> He's right. not exactly mobile. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. If someone was like, don't bump into me, Eli could be walking for five straight feet and go, oh, God, I bumped into you. Okay? He's, he's not the most agile mm-hmm. athlete. <laughs> but, I mean, let, let me just put it this way. Okay, so you have, you have uh, since we're going back to the Matt Ryan-Daniel Jones comparison, you have – you have Daniel Jones, who started off his NFL career with 24 touchdowns and 12 picks. Impressive. Then, then Joe Judge came in, and his numbers <laughs> when completely came in. went. And his numbers went completely downhill. He went from 24 touchdowns and 12 picks to 11 touchdowns and 10 picks to then 10 touchdowns and seven picks the next two seasons. Now yeah, I mean, my, he's at, my personal experience. Whenever a judge gets involved, it goes downhill. But yeah, no, yeah. I mean that was a joke. Yeah, he started so high and then he just got blown out. I mean, I, so keep going. But now what he's at that? twelve and four, though. Yeah, he's at I mean, twelve and four now, though. So, I mean, he's he's back up on the uprise with Brian Dable, who might I add is an offensive specialist as a, as a I like coach. Jones. Not only is he a head coach, he's a specialist as uh, on offense. Not, not to sound, not to sound like, you know, not to sound corny, but he's a great motivator too. You can see the giants that they have a new culture. Yes. They have a new mentality. You know, Dable's like, right. They're badass. They're confident. They're cocky. They were missing right. that for years. And I'm not a Giants fan, obviously, but I respect that. Dable's, Dable's pretty badass, pretty cool guy. You know, he he came in there, and he, now they're like they're believing in themselves, which is huge. That's the coach's best job, or you know, the best thing yeah. a coach can do. It's not drawing up a play on third and four. It's you know making the players believe in themselves. Huge. I mean, Dable. I didn't know. I didn't know. I'm not a big college guy. I didn't know about him. Dable's been a huge surprise. I mean, the guy like turned around. Oh yeah, he was with. Uh... He was with Alabama. He he was under he was under Nick Saban's uh, coaching tree. And what yes. what was his uh, you know highest position before he uh, got to New York? Was he like uh, coordinator? Uh, teams or something? Hang on, we have we have a breaking a breakaway touchdown by Jalen Waddle here. Uh, yep. But let me look. Uh, let me look real quick. I want to say he was offensive line, but he may have been. Let me just double check. Uh, okay, he was offensive coordinator with. Wait. Okay. So 
he came into the NFL as a defensive assistant with the Patriots. Then he became a wide receivers coach for four years uh, with the Patriots. Then he went to to the New York Jets quarterbacks coach for two yeah. years. Then he became the Cleveland Browns co- uh, the the Cleveland Browns offensive coordinator for two years. Then went to Miami for one year. Then Kansas City for one year. Then he came back to New England to become the tight ends coach for four years. Then he went to Alabama for one year to become the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. And then he went to Buffalo where he was the offensive coordinator for four years before he became, before he became head coach of the New York Giants. I'll tell you what, Steve, just listening to your words, he, he certainly didn't take the uh, Jeff Saturday approach. <laughs> no, yeah, and yeah. he is yeah. a five. He is a five-time Super Bowl champion, all with the Patriots. Yeah. good, pretty good resume. Yeah, he was he was on the team for for the original uh, title game between the Rams and the Patriots, uh, the one between the Panthers and the Patriots. Uh, wow. The Eagles, the Eagles and the Patriots. Then he came back for, I believe, let's see, forty nine. That was Seahawks and Patriots, right? I think it was Seahawks oh, and Patriots. Yeah. Wasn't it them? Well, no, no, not yeah. Seahawks were there. Yeah, it was Seattle. Yeah, and then uh, for fifty one between the Patriots and the Falcons. And not to mention, he was named assistant coach of the year back in 2020. So, you know, it's a much different, it's a much different uh, coaching uh, stability that he that uh, Daniel Jones is working with, as opposed to working with Joe Judge. Yeah. Oh, and not to mention he was a national he he was a national champion with Alabama back in 2017 too. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he's changed the uh, culture, which is impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's what, it's not it's not a what channel the Bills. Uh, NFL Network right now. Uh, right now, uh, Miami had just scored a touchdown. Uh, I didn't see the two-point conversion, but right now it's 21-19. So they might be attempting the two-point coming up. What is it, uh, 10 minutes left in the third? Uh, 12, 12.48 left. In the third? Yes. In the third, yeah. Nice. The more time, the merrier. I took. But, uh, I took the Bills. I took the Bills minus six. We'll see what happens. And then I have Josh Allen. Oh, they did miss it. Okay, so they did. Miss, uh-huh. They did miss the conversion. We're playing in the snow, boys. We're scoring some points in the snow. All right, so uh, I want to go over to the Minnesota side, though, of that earlier game. Uh, Kirk Cousins helped to lead the comeback throwing 460 yards with four touchdowns and two picks on the day, uh, including, 
in particular, Dalvin Cook had a combined 190 yards, 95 rushing, 95 passing, including a touchdown. Uh, K.J. Osborne had 10 catches for 157 yards and a touchdown catch. Justin Jefferson had 12 catches for 123 yards and a touchdown catch. And Adam, Adam Thielen had three catches for 41 yards and a touchdown catch. And the other touchdown came from C.J. Ham, who had one yard on two carries. So needless to say, uh, that's the result of Indianapolis completely collapsing in the second half and then overtime. Ridiculous. And honestly, that was actually the, the game I was watching earlier in the day. I, I had a couple hours to do that. And then after the half, I was like, okay, it's all set. This is in. You know, I had taken right. Indianapolis plus uh, 3.5. Yeah. So it turns out even though they lost, I had 3.5. So I won the bet by 0.5. But that's, right. that's ridiculous. Now uh there was another game that was there was another game that was played uh the Ravens they fell 13 to 3 to the Cleveland Browns including Browns a very including a very rare miss by Justin Tucker Actually no yeah, two misses two forty even worse 47 into the wins it, that was at the end of the half mm. it was 47 or 48 he hit a he hit a missile. It was a good catch. The the wind just carried it away. It wasn't yeah, like a shank. But it, I, I mean, he I, no, I know. But kick. like I said, like I said, like I said, though, it's a very rare miss for Tucker, who usually yeah, is automatic. No, but like you said, because of the wind. Yeah, and it's like it's like as uh, as people love sports and like talk about great people that we respect. Like it's painful to even like discuss a a, turn, a Tucker miss. He like. He hit it well. It was just like just left. Yeah, that got so money. But you know, Cleveland wasn't really he's the that best impressive. He's the best. I mean, yeah, I mean, Cleveland, I think it's. I, well, I, I'm just gonna say, I think I think it's clear that uh, all of the time that Deshaun Watson missed, it's very clear that he is definitely rusty. Uh, with all oh, the time that no he's missed. That. Yeah, Lou, Lou, what are your thoughts on that? You think uh, on a scale of 1 to 10 right now, where's Deshaun and where do you expect him to be? What is he playing? What level? Mm, I would say more about the middle of the 5. Yeah. Painfully yeah, be fair. Where do you five. expect him to be? Like in terms of what? Like, you mean, where do like, you think uh, he would? You thought he'd come back and throw four touchdowns? Did you give no, no. I wish not to go that. Maybe like one touchdown, but four touchdowns? No. No, I mean, he, he looks like he's uh, lost his uh, luster. Yeah. Almost like he's well, like, like karma caught up to him. He, he does not look good. No, he didn't. Everything catches up with even the best players after a while, and it's catching up with them. But let's not forget too. He hasn't played. He let's not forget. He hadn't played in like a season and a half. That's another factor right there. When you haven't played in a while, you tend to slow up. So naturally, he's not going to be the same, you know, quarterback that he once was. 
But, I mean, this is kind of pathetic, though. You know, through three games, only two touchdowns, and he's also thrown two picks. He he's only thrown five hundred. He's only thrown five hundred and sixty-eight yards. Now that at the same, I mean they're playing conservative. It's like he can't even throw. They they don't even trust him. Uh, yeah, and it's like also, he, I, I don't mean, think he even if has I had a. Nick Chubb, I'd, I don't I'd, be, I'd be running a lot too. If I had the I think the best running back one of them, Nick, Nick Chubb. I mean they're more yeah, call Chubb, or like yeah. a physical team. You know they're not going to be airing it out. They're not going you know, shotgun four wide receivers. They're more like no, a blue collar. They're running not. a lot. But, I mean, yeah, yeah and, I, I, and, and I would Chuck, hope, I would Chuck hope, I would hope. That, I mean, Deshaun's not hitting anyone. It's like a very dumbed down, simplistic, vanilla offense. I mean, he there's right. no stats. He doesn't and, look Chubb, like, and Chubb did have a, uh, Chubb did have a regular type game for himself, though. Uh, 21 carries, 99 yards, basically what you expect out of Nick Chubb. So Yeah, he's ultimate workhorse. Yeah. Uh, it is kind of concerning, he's a, he's though. A, he's that a Hall of Fame. Sorry. Oh, without a doubt. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a mm-hmm. doubt, I think he's a Hall of Famer. But I think it's very concerning, though, that the Browns, their highest their highest receiver was Amari Cooper for four catches for 58 yards. Donovan Peoples-Jones yeah. had four catches for 31 yards and a touchdown catch. Their next, their, their third best receiver was David Njoku just, with three catches for 28 yards. I mean, yeah, I mean, those are, those are the three weapons right there. But, yeah, Watson doesn't look good. They're also not giving the keys to the car yet. It seems like they're kind of playing with the uh, training wheels a little bit. I don't know. I really letting them throw a lot. But right. At, I mean, this, time, this just doesn't chance, look he like he doesn't. He, he doesn't look good. <laughs> it's kind of a bad combination yeah. all around. Yeah, he, this, does, this just doesn't look like the same Kevin Stefanski offense that we saw with Baker Mayfield under center. Yeah, and that's the this chance doesn't look took. like that they, same offense. Yeah, and that's the chance they took. Obviously, they didn't win any, uh, you know, popularity contest by uh, like yeah. this guy with all the masseuses, you know, go on the team. And now it's like, yeah. okay, show us the money. He's kind of like half-assing it. Yeah. Know. You know, it's I, kind of funny, though, a lot when of you talent. think about it. The Browns have a lot of talent. That's all I'm going to say. They were, they were always missing a quarterback. Baker was not the option, so – if Deshaun gets good again, they're dangerous. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, we do have some. We do have some injuries to report here. Uh, let me take Uh-oh. a look. Where is the? Do they not have the injury reports? Huh. They only. I guess they only put. Oh, okay. Here we go. All right. Uh, starting with starting with tomorrow's matchups here. Uh, injury reports in particular looks like for Dallas they may be without Jake Ferguson, who is still with a concussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Micah Parsons did not participate in practice at all this week. Uh, no, looks like on. Demarcus. Looks like Demarcus really? Lawrence and Dante Fowler are back. 
I was just saying um, that that's interesting. Parsons their best player. He didn't practice at all. Yeah. He must have been on a uh, Jerry Jones uh, Coke Miami trip. Maybe they took the the uh, Dallas bus somewhere else. Mm. Yeah, that's, they must, that's they must, what it says. They must have been partying. They must have been partying somewhere. Yeah, it says did not practice. Yeah, he's hanging out with Jerry but, Jones. Uh, what, okay. Let's see the uh, as far as the Lions go. I mean, I don't see really anybody notable for the Lions. For the Jets, looks like Corey Davis is out. Mike White is officially out. Uh, so huge. that means man, Mike White, man. that means that Zach Wilson that means Zach Wilson's going to be the backup. Yep. No, Zach Wilson started. Yes, he is. He is starting. Oh, really? Because they because they had him listed as the they're, backup. They already announced it. White did announced. not clear in time. Zach Wilson oh, started. Oh, okay. Okay. Which so. is like, uh, which is like uh, it's terrible news to anyone's ears. But yeah, Zach Wilson yeah. is back. Hey guys, I'm back. I'm back. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. Holy for you for the Lions. They 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 hate him. The crowd hates him. It's going to be a great situation. <laughs> yeah. God. And and they're Jeez. and they're uh, they and they're at MetLife Stadium too. Oh yeah. Which would be no life stadium already. by tomorrow. Oh oh. All right. Let's the Lions see, uh, for. For Pittsburgh, for Pittsburgh and Carolina, uh, Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett and Miles Jack are both doubtful to play. Pickett has a concussion, and Miles Jack is sidelined with a groin issue. Uh, everybody else looks like they might be either game time or they're probably going to play because Najee Harris, Cameron Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi. And Cameron Sutton all had full participation this week. Uh, for the Panthers, looks like the only one that's out right now is Brandon Smith. They're one of their linebackers with an ankle injury. For Philly and Chicago, uh, let's see. I can name the Eagles report. Chicago's missing him. Um, let me see. Let me see real quick. It's for Chicago and Philly. Uh, looks like the only player out for Philly right now is Reed Blankenship. Yeah. Um, backup safety. Yeah. With a, uh, with a knee issue. Uh, however, they have a, they have a whole bunch of people though on their injury report, Fletcher Cox, Brendan, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat. There's a whole bunch of people who had limited action in practice this week. That's why I, I just ran, you know, who am I, but my two cents is what I said before on Lucio, possible trap. I mean, come on. You did say that, that, Alex, yes. That's going to be a low, that could be raining, thundering. Snowing. That could be like a twelve to nine game. Uh, it's gonna be a random game. It's even that. It's not gonna score forty points in Chicago. No way. That was horrible. I, but at the same time, I don't know what Chicago's doing. They're they're like rebuilding and they're trading their best young players. I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> I have no yeah. idea. 
I mean, what are they doing? They trade Rick on Smith or, you know, their best defenders. Like, come on. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Chase Claypool for, for the Bears. Chase Claypool is out. And Trayvon Wesco is also listed as out uh, for the Bears. For Kansas City and Houston, what do we have here? Uh, basically, Kadarius Tony and Chris Jones are listed as questionable uh, for Kansas City. For Houston, oh my God, I can just go down the whole entire. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, let's see. All right, we'll just start. We'll start with the out list because there's a whole bunch of them. Uh, Derek Stingley is listed as out with a hamstring injury. Uh, Nico Collins is out with a foot injury. Damian Pierce is out with an ankle injury. Uh, Steven Nelson is out with a foot injury. Taylor Stallworth out with a calf. Uh, Kenyon Green is out with an ankle injury. And Brandon Cooks is out with a calf injury. Mm. Uh, listed as questionable, Justin McRae with a hamstring issue. Roy Lopez is questionable with God knows what. And Troy Hairston is also listed as questionable as well, as well as Kurt Hinnish. So, wow, is that a, a long list for uh, for the uh, Texans? Uh for New England and Vegas, uh, just some notables. Isaiah Wynn is out with a foot injury, or uh, as I call it, he just sucks. So he's out yeah, because true. he sucks. Uh, but he has been placed yeah, on injured bummer. reserve. Uh, he has been placed on injured reserve, which will effectively end his season, uh, while Christian Barmore has been activated from injured reserve. So he is expected mm-hmm. to probably play this week. Um, Devontae Parker and Jalen Mills are both out for New England uh, with various injuries. Uh, Parker is still dealing with a concussion that he suffered last week. Uh, Damian Harris and Jacoby Myers are both questionable, so that's actually an upgrade for the both of them. Also, Yanni Kajust, Jack Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, and Joe Cardona. Well, actually, no, I don't think Cardona will play because – uh, they hi- they just hired a uh, or they signed a long snapper to take his place this week. So I think Cardona will probably be out. For the Raiders, they will get back uh, Hunter mm. Renfro as well as Darren Waller as they've been activated off of uh, injured reserve. Alex Bars and Rocky Yassine are both listed as out. While Jackson Barton, Andrew Billings, Josh Jacobs, Denzel Perriman, and Jermaine Illuminor have all been listed as questionable with various injuries. Uh, Let's see. Let me just go through the notable names uh, of the remaining teams. Uh, Hollywood Brown is listed as questionable for the Denver, uh, or I'm sorry, for the Arizona Cardinals. That 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 actually Uh, actually helps. It helps the Cardinals. (laughs) 
Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I'm let's sorry. See. I've never receiver dropped so many passes. That guy's a shriek. True. A mirage. Uh, Russell, Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, and Kendall Hinton are all out for the Broncos. And Dalton Reisner is listed as questionable as well for the Broncos. For Tennessee and L.A., Traylon Burks, Christian Fulton, and Dontrell Hilliard are all out for Tennessee. Wow. Also, also Danico Autry, Trey Avery, and Armani Hooker are also out as well. Their defensive captain, uh, Autry, and then their Ohio State All-American Hooker is out. And then look at the other uh, D-line, Autry. Yeah, uh, and then uh, Traylon Burks, obviously their their top pick to replace A.J. Brown. Yeah, I mean, the Titans are, oh. They're missing yeah, he's out people. with a concussion. He's That's out a with a concussion game. that he suffered, and they didn't they didn't put a uh, they didn't call a penalty on the uh, play he got a concussion on either. Speared or was he falling down yeah. in hit? What? what? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was speared, I believe. Wow. He That's was terrible. targeted. He was targeted specifically in the head, and they didn't call. They didn't Ooh. throw a flag on it. Uh, uh, let's see. For the Chargers, uh, Derwin James is listed as doubtful with a quadricep injury, so uh, he did not participate in practice all week. One of the best uh, players. Other, yeah. Other than that, I don't see anybody really notable for them. Uh, for Cincinnati and Tampa Bay. Cincinnati will be without Trey Hendrickson, Hayden Hurst, or Mike Hilton. Uh, Jalen Davis is doubtful. And T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are are both listed as questionable with their injuries. Yeah, they're both banged up. And then uh, Hendrickson's the best player on their defense. So the Bengals are a little bit – they're banged up right now. Yep. Uh, For Tampa Bay – they will be without Jamel Dean, Vita Vea, Gennard Avery, and Carl Nassib. Uh, also listed as questionable, you have Julio Jones, Tristan Wirfs, Sean Murphy Bunting, Mike Edwards, Antoine Winfield Jr., and Joe Tryon Shoyinka. So wow. the Buccaneers are pretty banged up as well. Ha- has anyone yeah. noticed uh, the Buccaneers have the most like questionable tags every week? I don't yeah. know if the guys are – obviously, I, I respect injuries. I don't know if they're lazy. There's a lot of older players on that team. They're always like – they don't mm-hmm. practice a lot. And it kind of shows up on Sunday. They kind of don't well, look they, as good as – who practice a lot. I, I mean – Well, per NFL it's, it's rules. Like, it's like an older uh, vacation team. It's not, it's yeah, not working per, for them. Per, per NFL rules, they do have – uh, like if a player doesn't play or if a player doesn't practice, they do have to list them as questionable. If there's any hint of any sort of injury, no matter how minor, they do have to list them as questionable immediately. If they miss, yeah, if they miss any sort, if they miss any sort of practice time whatsoever, it's per the NFL rules. I was just, uh, just overall, just just looking, gleaming the roster overall, top to bottom, observing. They always have tags. So, you know, Godwin, Mike Evans, Fournette. It's hard to have success if you can't have consistency. 
I don't like the head coach, obviously, but like they've had like a they never had the same lineup every night, every week. You're not no, going to win yeah. that way. Well, I mean, that's what you get with a Todd Bowles-led uh, team. And I'll tell you this right yeah. now: I wouldn't be surprised if Tom Brady, if this is Tom Brady's last year in uh, Tampa Bay, Back because because he does He's not gone. he does not play for he does not play for questionable coaches. No, <laughs> yeah, Todd Bowles has a question mark on his forehead. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, for the Dodgers, or I meant Dodgers. Wow, how did I get that? Uh, for the Giants and the Commanders, uh, notable names who are out: Adoree Jackson, Joshua Azidu, and Shane Lemieux are all out for the Giants. Bellinger is questionable with uh, his rib injury. Leonard Williams is questionable with his neck injury. Uh, for the Commanders, you have Sadiq Charles, who is out with a concussion. You have Chase Young listed as questionable with a knee injury. And that's basically the uh, the major people to talk about there. For Monday Night Football, the Rams. You have David Long, Marquise Copeland, Aaron Donald, Traven Howard, and John Wolford all all out with injuries. And Brian Allen is listed as questionable. So Baker Mayfield once again gets the start because Wolford is out. Well, he was actually named the starting quarterback anyways. That bastard. I I, I know we lost him about a lot of time. Dude, they were up 13 with a minute left. He had no playbook. How did he beat me? I put I, I took the Raiders. Yeah. That's probably the worst bet I've ever made in my life. I mean, come on. Yeah. Baker is marching down the field like he was Joe Montana. I, I, I mean, I, I didn't know what was going on in front of me. Let's see. For the Packers, the only notable name out is David Bakhtiari with a knee and abdomen issue. Otherwise, uh, everybody else that's listed, they do not have a designation, whether they're questionable, doubtful, or anything else. So it looks like everybody else is probably going to be eligible to play. Except, I don't know, though, Aaron Jones had limited participation in practice, so he might be a question mark, potentially, for the uh, Packers on Monday Night Football. But... We'll see. Uh, let's see. Let's you know what? Let's go into baseball coverage because yeah. uh yeah. Uh I have quite a bit that I have to say. I I I'm gonna probably go on another Red Sox rant here. Um right. we'll just start with this one. There was news that the Red Sox were looking at potentially bringing back Christian Vasquez. Instead, he decided to sign with the Minnesota Twins. I guess he figured that two World Series rings was enough for him uh, as he signed a three-year, $30 million deal with the Twins. You mean to tell me that $10 million per year is too expensive for John Henry? Hmm. Yeah. I, I think uh, 
I think uh, the, the new deal that's not uh, 20 for $1, the chicken McDougie deal, that, that's too expensive. Yeah. John Henry's looking at the uh, dollar menu. Pathetic. I mean, yeah. Are you... How does he not you know, How does he not sell a team? He needs to sell a team immediately. Not not tomorrow. I mean, like tonight. Yes, like in the next ten minutes. You know, that kind of makes me wonder. It's it's funny that you say that, Alex. Yeah. It's, fu- it's funny that you say that because it kind of makes me wonder if John Henry is preparing to sell the Red Sox because yeah, how do you – how do you intentionally sabotage your team like this? And Steve, you're you're a huge fan and, and much more knowledgeable than me. I'm looking at it from a unbiased uh, perspective, from outside the box, from outside, you know, Fenway. I'm saying this guy right. is preparing to sell a team. That's what I'm. That's what I can say. I, that's what I can see. I was never Einstein, but you know, Mama raised a, a somewhat decently intelligent person. I can see it right now. They brought Bloom in, as you've as you've noted multiple times, to cut costs, to trade away big names, contracts. Henry's selling the team. Yeah, it's it's all you know, it's it's really boggling my mind actually, because you take a look at the contracts we have left on this team. And Let's keep in mind, this is, these contracts are all 50 – I'm talking about 50-man roster contracts or whatever, 53-man roster, whatever the hell the uh, limit is here. What, what is it, 30? What, what is the limit? Uh, 40. 40 men. 40. Okay, okay, 40-man roster. They have 32. They just cut Jitter down. He's done. Here's the list of who part of the best deal. That was the Mookie best deal. I mean, it's inexcusable. Yeah, here's the list of who you have currently under contract. Uh, Hang on. Let me make sure I have this right. Okay. You have Chris Sale, who's entering – I forget what year of his deal he's on. He's making $29 million per year. Trevor Story, entering his second year of his deal – He's making twenty three point three million. Uh, Yoshida, who they just signed, obviously, you know, his deal has yet to go into effect yet. Kenley Jansen, yeah. same thing. Matt Barnes, he's still uh, in a deal worth about nine point three seven five mil. Garrett Whitlock is just, uh, I think he's in the second year of his extension, uh, 4.6 mil. Uh, Chris Martin, who they just signed, uh, obviously not much of a difference. James Paxton, who they signed for two years, hasn't played a fucking single game yet for Boston. And he's making $10 million. And Kike Hernandez, Kike Hernandez, who they fooled into thinking that, oh, 
they fooled him into thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to be making moves. We're going to be making moves this offseason. So they, he ended up under that, under that understanding. He signed an extension for one more year to stay with Boston for $10, for $10 million. And since then, Boston has said, fuck that. We're gonna get rid of we're gonna get rid of Xander. We're now gonna get rid of JD Martinez, who by the way is now a Dodger for ten million dollars. Yeah, that's right. Uh really? ten million was way too much apparently for, for Henry to re sign uh JD Martinez. You have then it drops off drastically from there. You have Joelle yep, yep, Rodriguez. Steve, to uh echo your thoughts, Devers is gone. Let's be honest. Oh yeah, yeah. If, yeah. If you're I have not... If you're and the dealer looks at you, and go, oh, what's the bet? He's gone. Yeah, they said they said that the Red Sox had passed the two hundred million dollar threshold in talks with Devers, and I said, I said immediately to that tweet, it's going to take a hell of a lot more than two hundred million dollars for them to sign Devers. But we're talking Aaron Judge level of a contract. If you want to yeah. re-sign Devers. Yeah, if you're going to re-sign Devers, you need mo- you need a hell of a lot more than that. Oh, and and you know what? If you're John Henry and Bloom, if you want to re-sign him, yeah. you just up because you cannot re-sign him now because he's looking at all of his brothers leaving. He's gone. Right. You know he's he's only one of four players that is left from that 2018 World Series winning roster. Only one of four players left. The rest of the players that you have listed on here, uh, Joely Rodriguez, who they just signed in free agency, only two million dollars. Uh, Joshua, or not Josh Winkowski, uh, Rob Refsnyder, who they re-signed uh, to avoid arbitration, one year, one point two million, big whoop. Then you have a whole bunch yeah. of other players who are on. You have a whole bunch of other players who are on rookie contracts, basically, including Alex Verdugo. Who is on a rookie contract? So, needless to say, it's you know mm-hmm. how can they not be preparing for a uh, you know for for a sale? How can they not be preparing for a sale? Oh, they're preparing. I for mean, a it's sale, no right. coincidence. It's no coincidence that John Henry is also planning on selling. Uh, Go for the win. Oh, uh, what's it called? Here. Liverpool. It's 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 no coincidence he's planning on selling Liverpool as well. I mean, when you think about it, Boston is already at the height of their, uh, you know, at the height of their worth. I mean, you take a look at what the net worth is right now for the Boston Red Sox. You know, they're valued at a $3.9 billion team. So if he sells, he's going to make a shit ton of money. Right. With whoever, with whoever, uh, you know, whoever gains the, ends up buying it. I mean, it's just, 
and, and them losing J.D. Martinez today. It, it, honestly, Red Sox fans should fucking boycott because they uh, have they, – they've made more holes. There should not be 10,000 people in the stadium on opening day. Right. And, and yeah, he decides to raise ticket they, prices. They, they, well, they, sold, they sold the fans out, so what are you going to do? Yeah, he decides to raise ticket prices only to do literally nothing in free agency. Oh, yeah, you got an unproven guy who everybody said you drastically overpaid for out of Japan. Yeah. They paid him $95 million. Disgusting. And then, I mean, come on. Remember, Vasquez? They're like, oh, we're, we're competing. He just left. <laughs> what? They have no rhyme reason. They have no alibi. They're guilty. They're selling the team. They can stand I mean, it's, up, it's, you know, put, lipstick, put lipstick on a pig. It's, it's pretty pig. bad. It's pretty bad when you have a player that you are in contact with. And by the way, Christian Vasquez never wanted to leave Boston. No. He never wanted it's, to leave Boston. No. He, and ultimately, they ended up trading him to Houston for two prospects. And uh, no, when, I mean, come on. You know, it 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 just tells me the fact that he signed a three year deal with Minnesota. Yeah, it leads me to believe that Boston's Boston's offer, if they even did offer him anything, was nowhere close to what Minnesota offered. I've uh, I've honestly never I, I've said it before, Steve. The last couple of weeks, actually, but just to reiterate, to reassure anyone who's listening, I've never seen that in my life. Proud market, a great team, a great city. That's a baseball town. It's a big market in America. I've never seen this. Yeah, it's like they're, they're uh, like gutting, put... gutting their team out. They're gutting themselves, and they have so much money. Yeah. By the way, that is that is a catch for anybody watching the Miami Buffalo game. That catch that went out of bounds. That is a catch. A I don't catch. know why they're calling it. Inco- I don't know why they're calling it incomplete because his knee was down in bounds when he had the ball in his hands. See what happens here. So I don't know why they're calling that uh, incomplete and. Well, I guess I guess it's because the ball makes contact with the field at the end of the at the end of the catch, I guess. Maybe that's why. Uh but yeah, you know, going back to Boston, here's the thing. They can't even agree to to terms well, with Christian Vasquez. Yep. And then and then they won't pay ten million dollars to JD Martinez to be a DH who hit two seventy four with sixteen homers and wow. sixty two RBIs last year, and that was a down year. They're that packing was a down back. year for JD Martinez. People are leaving. You already see it. You already know it. Unfortunately, you yeah. already sense it. It's happening. You can't change the world, right? There's an exodus. No, there. you can't. It's awesome. I don't know how you overcome that. What are they rebuilding? The, the, the guy, the main guy they traded for uh, for Mookie Betts, they just cut him. Peter Downs, you know, whatever, whatever the hell yeah. that guy's name was. 
I mean, it's, I mean like, it's like they're the interest there? kings again. It's like they're the interest kings again, where they're interested in everything. Yeah. Like their name pops up, their name pops up on every single prominent free agent out on the market. Like, uh, for example, uh, they were interested in Aaron Judge. Oh, Aaron Judge resigns with the Yankees. Uh, they were interested in bringing back Xander Bogarts. They were in heavy discussions to bring back Xander Bogarts. Xander Bogarts signs with the Padres. They were in uh, discussions with Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa ends up signing with, uh, I think, San Francisco, was it? Yeah, yes. 13, 350, insane contract. Oh yeah, it was bigger than yeah, I. I was not, I was not expecting that type of deal from him. I'll put it that way. Well, dude, it's like you you just tried to uh, marry Kate Upton. They're like they turned around with a briefcase of full money. Yeah, like, let's get Korea. <laughs> like they were like at the altar. They're like, oh my god, we just missed Judge. Right. We got all this. Look at the look at the Giants on him. They need the bat. Right. Korea was like, okay, guys, I'll come over. I'll stay over for a bit. <laughs> right. That, that was. All right. That was uh, so real, real quick, a a quick pro, uh, a quick programming note. By the way, JB, uh, welcome to the show. Um, JB. Hey. A quick, a quick uh, programming note. Uh, usually every year we have some sort of holiday podcast uh, that we do usually around Christmas or New Year's. There will not be a holiday podcast this year. Uh, I, I spoke with Jim earlier today, and he basically confirmed that. Uh, also, however, though, there will be some sort of podcast uh, in January. Uh, the date is not yet set, but needless to say, uh, it's something that uh, anybody who listens to this podcast and whispers, uh, yeah, it's probably something you're going to want to tune into based on what I've been told. So uh, that's set for January. No date is set yet, but he want, but I'm going to be starting on artwork uh, actually right as soon as we get off the show tonight. Uh, also, a reminder uh, for anybody. Uh, I know, I know, Alex, you uh, you weren't on the line when I said this earlier, but uh, this will be the final sports podcast of 2022 because of obviously the holiday season. Uh, everybody's probably going to be busy uh, Christmas Eve as well as New Year's Eve. So uh, this will be the final sports podcast uh, for 2022. We will be back the first week of 2023 uh, for Sports Whispers Weekly. Uh, so, yeah, just a, just a few programming notes on there. And obviously, you know, if you're a Survivor fan and you missed any of our uh, Survivor recap shows, you can catch them on the archives either at blogtalkradio.com slash missyae or on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and I believe there's probably one other thing that I forgot, but I'm I have no idea at this point. Uh, but we are expected to be on the line for at least the next hour, or depending on if I get disconnected, or depending on if I get disconnected by my by my provider, who knows? 
Uh, but, but yeah, like like Kim Bloom. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We do have uh, we do have one more hour left to go though. Uh, so I mean, J- JB, have you been paying much attention to uh to the baseball uh ball world? No, I have not. In fact, most of today I've been like uh, I've been like Eddie. I've no, you know, it hasn't been due to uh, medication or anything like that, but it's just that, uh, oh, we've just have, I've just been, uh, you know, busy around here, and it's like uh, most of most of my nights I've been up, and I've been, <laughs> I've been sleeping in the daytime, so. I have no idea what's going on. All I know is that uh, I am pretty good so far in uh, the uh, uh, bowl bonanza. I think so far I've been three out of five. (laughs) Well, I I was going to say at least – at least just, you got your bull bonanza picks in, like uh, unlike a certain somebody yeah. who is uh, refusing to pay attention to my uh, messages. Yeah. Oh, okay. You mean somebody has been refusing to pay attention to your messages? Yeah, somebody. Okay. Uh, and he said, Ray, uh, "What's it called? Uh, what's it called? Rainon. Uh, Rainon in Sports Whispers has uh, been refusing to pay attention to my messages to get him to make his pick. So, oh, you didn't. I was gonna say you didn't have to mention names. I just thought you said someone has been uh, refusing to pay attention, and I was thinking it's. Uh, I was thinking it's Lou, and I thought there's no oh, way. I, I no. don't think. I don't. I don't no, think we, Lou would have been. <laughs> You know that no, we did, we did we did our picks last <laughs> uh-huh. we did our picks last week, so he did yes. his picks the okay. same time I did mine. Okay. I usually do them on I usually do them on Wednesday. Yeah, and plus he gives pre- yeah plus he gives me he gives me the uh, the regular picks on Wednesday usually. So yeah, um, well, it's definitely Jersey. not Lou that I was talking about. He lives okay. in Jersey. He knows some mob people, so you usually get some picks after you talk to the mob. Fun. Hey, I can't live up. I can't live from a hey. mob area. Hey, hey. Uh. watch! I'll pull your guts up for a wedge. Uh. Uh, all right, we do. Uh, we do have uh, a trade to talk about, actually, as the Atlanta Braves they made a pretty huge deal. Uh, acquiring Sean, acquiring Sean Murphy from the Oakland Athletics as part of a three-team, nine-player trade. Uh, so, in in total, the uh, uh, what's it called? The catcher Sean Murphy ends up going to the Braves. Uh, Oakland, they get right-handed pitching prospects Freddie Tarnock and Royber Salinas as well as left-hander Kyle Muller and veteran catcher Manny Pena from Atlanta, as well as the Brewers outfield prospect Asturi Ruiz. Uh, The A's also sent right-hander Joel Piamps to Milwaukee. Uh, Let's see. William Contreras, who is a 
year-old all-star catcher uh, was shipped from Atlanta to Milwaukee along with right-handed pitcher Justin Yeager as part of the deal. So in particular, in particular, uh, Tarnock was the number six overall prospect uh, in the Atlanta Braves organization, who of course is now with Oakland. Uh, he had a 4.05 ERA and 124 strikeouts in 106 and two-thirds innings last season between AA and AAA. Uh, it does look like, though, he is a candidate to open spring training as part of the Oakland Athletics starting rotation, along with Muller, who uh, has had 12 career starts as a 25-year-old lefty uh, in the major leagues. Salinas is a powerful 21-year-old strikeout threat who whiffed 175 batters in 109 innings this year between low A and high A, but he also struggled, though, with control as he allowed 63 walks between both leagues. The other intriguing youngster as part of this package is Ruiz, who was ranked as the Brewers' eighth best prospect by both or by MLB.com and the fifth best by Baseball America. Uh, Ruiz had began his career as a infielder, but he has shifted to the outfield in recent years. Uh, he made his big league debut last season with the Padres before being sent to, Brewer, to the Brewers as part of the Josh Hader blockbuster. Uh, and in 114 games split between AA and AAA last year, Ruiz swiped 85 bases while notching 33 doubles and a career-high 16 homers while batting 332 in the minors last year. Uh, none of those four players, though, are included in Baseball America's list of the game's top 100 prospects now. So it's expected that they're probably going to be in the majors this year for the Oakland Athletics. Uh, Pena, who was a member of the Brewers for six seasons, he appeared in five games with the Braves last season, collecting only two hits and 14 at-bats. Murphy, though, uh, he batted a career 236 average with 46 homers in 330 career games with Oakland. He finished fourth in Rookie of the Year voting back in 2020, and he won a gold glove in 2021 for his work behind the dish at catcher. Uh, he was also named a gold glove finalist this year as well. So... Needless yeah. to say, I don't, you know, I don't know what everybody thinks about this deal, but honestly, I th- I think this is actually a pretty good package that the A's have received. Yeah, it sounds. Good. I mean, you know, they're they're going to be a rebuilding franchise, you know, something that Boston should be right now, uh, but Oakland is going to be a rebuilding mm-hmm. franchise for quite a while here, so. Honestly, this is probably this is better than I would say this is better than what the Red Sox got for Mookie Betts. Well, I mean, at the same time though, Steve, what is Oakland doing? They're constantly rebuilding. Can you name three guys that have been on the team for ten years? They're constantly shuffling mm-hmm. pieces. 
Yeah. I'm trying to figure that. I don't know what they're doing. They're saving money. It's a cheap franchise. I mean, Oakland. Very cheap. They're not, they're not respected. The, the, the stadium's empty. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, let's not forget. Let's not forget, too, they've. You know, any players that they've developed have all have have been shipped out as as soon as they, they become stars. So, yeah, a, a terrible thing. Like in sport, I mean, yeah, they literally develop players and see them go away. I, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Because their problem is, uh, their problem is they develop, but they don't develop at the same time to where they can field a competitive group. Yeah, you're right. Like you had Sean Manaya, for example. Uh, you know, you had that one-two punch of uh, Sean Manaya and uh, I forget. I forget who the other uh, who the other the other player was that they had. Yeah, Frankie yeah. Montez. You had those two players uh, in their system or, you know, on their roster at the same time. But the problem was they had nobody else to compliment them. And and not for nothing. Give me me five seconds alone to talk about uh, the on Oakland. Billy B, no, Moneyball, that guy's brilliant. I have no idea why that guy's not uh, running the Yankees or Mets or Rays or Cardinals or Cubs. Right. Sitting out on the West Coast playing golf. Cubs can use it. He's like a, apparently a brilliant GM. I'd take him on the Mets right now. He just he's sitting out there like semi-retired. It's weird out there. I mean, like you said, yeah. they develop people. They develop people and pack their bucks. Here you go. You're on a Delta airline tomorrow. You're out. I mean, what are they doing? You're out. You know, I I don't I don't really know how to how to explain it in particular for exactly what they're doing because Matt Chapman, Matt Olson. I mean, come on, we could we could list five hundred people. Everyone who gets yeah. good leaves Oakland. That's it. Yeah, it's just it's really mind boggling, honestly. That uh, your system. Yeah, that for some, for some reason they just once once they become legitimate stars, it's like they basically ship them out immediately to try and get whatever yeah. they can get for them. You know, I almost think I almost think it's and you know it's it's weird because you can't really say that they're going down the road of John Henry because there's no sure. fans coming to the games to begin with. Yeah, right. the high school. Yeah, I agree. So, I don't know. It's 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 very confusing what they're doing uh, out there in Oakland. But I think Oakland probably looks at it like this: that look, this is going to be a very lengthy rebuild. It's kind of like the Buffalo Sabers, how the Buffalo Sabers were for so many years. That it's mm-hmm. like whenever okay. they find a player, whenever they find a player that they can. Uh, that that has a lot of value that they need to they need to basically keep recycling over and over and over again until they come up with enough stock to where they can 
you know, they can fully put together a competitive team. Like you kind of, you kind of take a look at, uh, at who Buffalo has now, uh, you know, they have Rasmus Dahlin, they have Owen power. Uh, they're, they're one, two punch basically for young defensemen. Uh, I mean, this is kind of dragging into hockey right now. Uh, but I mean, navigating the ship. It's great. Yeah, from what Buffalo has been doing, you know, they've really done a good job with putting together young talent. I mean, they got Casey Middlestat now as one of their top young centers. Uh, Dylan Cousins. They did have Jack Eichel, but Eichel, uh, we had that whole injury problem where Mm -hmm. Buffalo wouldn't allow him to – to undergo a surgery that they thought was uh, that they thought was too dangerous for him. So uh, because of that, he wanted to leave Buffalo. Uh, but I mean, you know, they have a whole bunch of young talent right now that literally they're they're building around right now. Henry Jokaharju is another one. Uh, Linus Olmark of the Boston Bruins, who is a Vezina Trophy. Fi- He's the way he's projecting right now. He's probably going to be a potential Vezina Trophy finalist for the top goaltender in the league. He was well, once a good. Buffalo Saber. Mm. He was once a Buffalo Saber, and they tried to re-sign him in free agency, but he ultimately ended up leaving for Boston because Boston offered a higher contract. Uh, and they do they do have a young goaltender as well uh, in Lukonen that they're trying to build up to eventually become the everyday starter. So, you know, it's like what it's kind of like what Oakland is trying. Now, the main difference between hockey and baseball is you can't trade for you can't trade or acquire uh, draft picks. The only way you can do that is through qualifying offers in baseball. And if a player rejects a qualifying offer and then another team signs them, then uh, you get a draft pick, a compensatory draft pick based off of how big the contract is that they signed. So, uh, you know, Oakland, obviously, it's going to be a lot tougher of a rebuild because of the fact that they're limited to certain, they have certain limitations. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, they're, they're basically right, right now what they're doing is they're taking the long-term approach when it comes to a rebuild and yeah. trying, they're trying to build talent so that they can, they're trying to build talent, even if it's one player, so that they can recycle it and and try and produce more stars to where eventually everything will click at the same time. That's what I feel like uh, Oakland is trying to do right now. Yeah. Well, now, we did the have... Hamster... They've been on the same hamster wheel for... Almost twenty years. I mean, so what's going to change? Yeah, no one yeah I know. I know it's been, you know, it's been on the hamster wheel. But 
you could say that maybe part of that does fall upon uh, upon ownership as well, potentially. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I don't, sure. I don't blame. And I, Billy Bean's probably, you know, maybe about. Oh, 10, we got a fight 10, here. Uh, yes, we do. Or it, it looked like we were we were in the middle of a fight. Now referees are breaking them up. It looked like we had a fight between uh, between Miami and uh, Buffalo after Josh Allen was uh, was tossed out of bounds. Uh, but speaking of ownership, let me bring up this next uh, gem here from Boston. Uh, you want to talk about what the hell is Boston doing? Uh, so Boston, they then designated first baseman Eric Hosmer for assignment yesterday. Now, this may not seem this may, this may not seem all that this this may not seem all that bad, but let me bring in the specifics here. Oops. They're paying him literally the minimum salary because the Padres, his former team, are paying his entire contract. <sighs> What a total shit show in Boston. They gave up. They gave up a potential. They gave up a potential future closer in Jay Groom, who had just become a closer in AAA, and he was projected to probably make the major league roster this year. They gave up him for this guy. Uh. His he only played like 14 games total for Boston before he was out due to injury for the rest of the year. Now he was going to project as their designated hitter, and now they have no designated hitter. So seriously, can, can someone the wake fuck? me up? Can someone? Before a, a judge and jury, as a Boston employee, and say, "This is what I'm doing. I, this is like sacrilegious to baseball." I, Boston it gets better becoming, though. I, what is it? Gets, Kane Bloom. It get it gets this better is, though, Alex. Yeah. It gets better though. Listen to this. They no, well. they. They traded away a prospect to bring in a guy named Hoy Park uh, from yeah. the Pirates, who was designated for assignment. A couple of days later, Boston then mm-hmm. trades Hoy Park to the Braves for cash considerations Wait. or a player to be named later. Then, uh, <laughs> yesterday... Yesterday, the Red Sox acquired the Red Sox acquired right-handed pitcher Wyatt Mills from the Kansas City Royals in exchange for Jacob Wallace. Wallace in double okay. A in double A in double A relief this year. Wallace had a three point eight one ERA. Now here's the cherry on top. Here's the cherry on top, though. Wyatt Mills. Wyatt Mills was dropped from the 40-man roster to make room for Ryan Yarbrough last year, and he had uh, Mills had a 6.21 ERA the last two seasons. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, there, there's huh. evidence. Interesting. There's damning evidence. This is like damn Yankees. I, I mean, honestly, tomorrow, if my dog, Prince Harry, if you wanted to be the GM of the Red Sox, I'd be like, let's go. I'll get you up to Boston. Uh-huh. You can support us. You know, you can walk me. Yeah. You know, he could take he could the deck. I don't know what they're doing. It's baseball. It, it doesn't no, make any sense whatsoever what they're, they're doing. They're not even going young, Steve. They're not even going young. They're they're like swimming in their own mistakes. They have no direction. Right. What yeah. what is your definition? They're shed money. They're not getting younger. I what are they doing? What are they doing? I have you know, I I haven't the slightest idea, honestly. They're selling the team. It's it's very. By the way, that should have been a two point conver. That two point conversion that Buffalo just attempted should have been good. I don't understand why. Because Josh, Josh, because Josh Allen broke. Josh Allen broke the plane, and then it was fumbled by the Miami Dolphins helmet where then the ball went all the way out to the 30-yard line before a team ended up getting possession. Wait a second, what? Did, should it be two points? No. What station is it that was, on? It's on NFL, NFL Network. Network. It was on who? No good. Yeah, I can't, oh. I can't, I can't even NFL Network. I was smoking a fast one, listening to uh, Jerry Rafferty and uh, Jimmy Page. Really? Of course, man. I like the sound of that. Oh yeah. I don't understand how that. I don't understand how that's not breaking the plane. Hmm. But they rule. They basically uh, they ruled it no good. I mean, whatever. I guess. But, Are they reviewing uh, it? No, they're not reviewing it. They ruled it no good because the you ball know? went. <laughs> the ball. The ball got fumbled, and the ball got fumbled, yeah. and then it went all the way back to the thirty-yard line before it was recovered. You know, oh, you know what the best part about this is the weirdest part. I bet two hundred of the Bills, I, and I cannot watch them. And now I'm just like, whatever. Yeah, I don't even want to. Fun, getting weird. Yeah, it is getting weird. You're right. Uh, we do have, a, we do have other. I, I had, my girlfriend's away. I had a little fun. It's okay. So we do have uh, we do have some other contracts to talk about here. Uh, the Chicago Cubs they are finalizing a agreement with shortstop Dansby Swanson on a seven wow. year, one hundred and seventy seven million dollar deal, which includes a full no trade clause. That's overpay. Seven one ninety. He's a he's a good player. Seven, seven years he, one seventy seven. He's a B plus. I mean, he's not going to shake the radar. He's not going to you know make the number one no. hit, uh, band. He's a good player. It's good. That's that's good. The call was overturned. The tie game. Tie game. Call was overturned. I knew that broke the plane. Yep. Yeah, you were right. I built minus six, so it went overtime. And by the way, it's a blizzard now in Buffalo. 
It <laughs> always gotta... is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Around this time. I was getting a kick out of it. I was uh, talking to my buddy uh, a couple hours ago. He's going, oh, Bill's Mafia. Look at it. Google it. Like, Bill's Mafia tables. That's so funny. They jump off, like, RVs oh. into it's amazing. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, hang on. So the ball has to just come and the the ball doesn't have to cross the plane. It just has to come in contact with some part of the plane, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So that. Okay. So that. So then, yeah, that definitely that broke the plane then, because on replay, you know, originally I thought that it had cleared, but on replay it showed that he literally just barely touched the plane. Okay. So, I thought it yeah, was that the ball a, that had to just barely touch the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Because he he dove forward over the offensive line. He dove forward to try and break the plane, which he ultimately ended up doing here. He broke the plane, but the ball didn't. No, the ball did. Okay. The ball did, but uh, they weren't sure uh, originally if it did. On uh, on the first angle that I saw of it, it looked like he didn't break the plane. Right. It looked like the ball didn't break the plane. But on the second review, because I, I wasn't sure if, if part of the ball had to be in the end zone or if it just has to touch the plane, no matter how little of the ball it is. But yeah, now it's a tie, uh, twenty nine apiece. But yeah, uh, I agree with you, Alex. Uh, Dansby Swanson, I think that's kind of an overpay. Seven years, one hundred and seventy seven million. Yeah. yeah, I mean, quite frankly, it it, it reeks of uh, Correa, uh, Carlos Correa, the thirteen three fifty in San Fran. It's kind of a desperation move, but like you know, you're at the dance. You're running out of hot girls. Okay, I'm going to get her. You overpay. Okay, you want to talk about overpay? That's that's probably a good analogy and probably a terrible analogy, but (laughs) hopefully you get my point. (laughs) No, you want to talk talk about overpays? How about this one? (laughs) Uh, Which, by the way, we don't don't pay for girls, but yeah, come on. Which, by the way, this this next contract, this next contract (laughs) set an – this next contract set a new club record. The Chicago yeah. White Sox <sighs> and Andrew Benintendi agreed on a five-year, $75 million deal, the biggest contract in White Sox history. Wow. that's some, I, I honestly did not know that. Because they have big-name players. They have uh, Luis Rivera, uh, you know, obviously Tony La Russa. They have some big-name players. Paul Canerco. That's the biggest. Canerco, obviously. Erko. Yeah. Great player. For five five years and seventy five million. I find it hard to believe with all the with all the players that they've had in the past, I find it hard to believe that no player has gotten higher than five years seventy five mil. I that yeah, but right. that literally shocks that that blows my mind, honestly. I would never expect I would say one fifty. Because I would think about um Who's the guy that the uh, from the Red Sox they got? The third baseman, Mankata. Chris Dale. Uh, Chris Dale. Man- oh, my uh, God. Mankata, Mankata, yeah. I would easily think in my brain, yeah, they paid 150 180 
wow, that's their biggest contract? That's sad. Their biggest, I mean, ben the biggest contract in franchise yeah. history. You would think, ben you ben would think player. that players like you would think that players like Paul Canerco, Frank Thomas, Jim, uh, I believe oh, Jim Tomey, I think. They hurt. I think wasn't I think wasn't Jim Tomey at one point part of the White Sox as well? Yeah, of course, of course, of course. I didn't even think about that. You mean to I mean, tell, big hurt. You mean to get fucking five? You mean million. to tell me These that guys none of those, Yeah, you mean to tell me that none of those players have exceeded five years, seventy-five million? Oh, they've had to. I mean, Ben Attendee uh, showed up for the, you know, at a dress rehearsal for the Yankees, called out sick a couple times, <laughs> and he cashed out. Yeah, and got seventy-five million. Good I mean, I understand. Ben Attendee's, I, he's I, always I, been a sexy prospect. Ben Attendee's never I been mean, a primetime player. He's shown I mean, you. I he, understand. You look at the, the 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 back of his baseball card is better than who he is. Yeah, I understand if you're signing him for the defensive part. I understand that, but offensively, I mean, he hasn't been productive. Honestly. Well, actually, no. He had 17 homers last year for Can- or uh, for Kansas City in 2021. He had 17 yeah. homers for Kansas City then. Uh, he's but, like I a, mean, he's coming for, off of He's like a B-minus. He's, 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 he's not an impact player. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, he, he's mainly known for his defense. But he, he's kind of like Jackie Bradley Jr. almost. Except he has a little more power than Jackie Bradley Jr. did. But I mean, he's coming yeah, off of a down year this year with five homers and 51 RBIs. You know, it's. Like I don't I said, know if you give. He he got he he like I said he arrived in the Bronx. Really good, really good team. They were ready to love him right away. He gets injured. I mean, come on, come on, man. Right. That's kind of the story of his career. So Ben Attendee, I mean, he was the top rated. He was one of the five best players in the world. I mean, out of his draft class, he was like, you know, a very respected, uh, well-known person coming out, out of high school college. Ben Attendee, he was supposed to be like a huge hitter. So, I mean, $75 million, White Sox overpaid. Got to do what we got to do. I mean, I would say if anything, they're probably they're probably paying for his defense. If anything, yeah, they're also subsetting. They're also offsetting their uh, loss of a uh, uh, Abreu, who just went to the uh, Abreu. Astros. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. Which I could kind of, I could kind of see I could kind of see it then. Uh, you know, they feel like they need to salvage this off season, so the way to do that would be to try and spend big money on a, on a player that, you know, nobody would probably really give that much money to. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I I always tend to like, look for the uh, bright side or, you know, like the best points. If I look at a roster or a team, okay. Oh, you know, the Rays. I can look at pe- people go, that's cool. I've never been interested or um, really happy with whenever I look at the White Sox, I'm like, it's not a good roster. I, oh, a guys, they're never an impressive roster. I I don't know. Tony decline. Oh, never mind. Oh, yeah. Never mind. That's holding. I thought I thought that was uh, I thought that was roughing the passer. I was gonna say here we go another now, roughing the passer. You know, call. 
Is Josh Allen driving? Uh, no, he's at the, the – they just started at the 20-yard line. Yeah, I have my fantasy, and I have uh, $200 in the bill. No pressure. I'm just but I thought, I thought that was going to be – I thought that was going to be a roughing the passer call on Miami, but no, it was actually a holding call on the offense. So, Steve, Steve, I'm listening to Toto, just trying to hang out. I'm not even watching the game. It's it's so like it's so intense to me. I can't even watch it. Yeah, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you right now, it's a it's a fucking blizzard there right now. There we yeah. go. My no, like, you can literally see you can see the footprints ball. in the field. You can see footprints with, with, in the field right now. With my current cable package, I literally cannot watch it, so I'm just not watching it. Oh, uh, well, actually, yeah, yeah I don't like, get like NFL Buffalo, Network. Bu- Buffalo, Buffalo oh. might be in the middle of a drive right now, actually, because they are yeah. they are moving the chain. Yeah. So I have the package. I don't have the network. I don't know what's going on there. Maybe maybe God was. That's weird. Me. Yeah, that is weird. Let's see. Uh, Speaking of Sean Mania, we mentioned Sean Mania earlier. He signed a two-year, $25 million deal with the Giants, uh, and the deal includes an opt-out after year one. So uh, he finds himself on a new squad after previously being – after previously being with San Diego, I think. Yeah, interesting. Uh, in the bet, I mean, they're they're kind of a crosstown rival. Yeah. Uh, the Dodgers—they a- signed uh, the Dodgers signed Noah Syndergaard to a one-year, thirteen million dollar deal. I guess that was to make up for the loss of Trevor May, who ended up signing with Oakland. Yeah, and I, and I guess if I was an owner, I could sign a corpse. Because that's, that's what Noah, Noah Syndergaard is. He's he's a corpse. He's a dead man walking. I'm sorry, his arm is dead. <laughs> I thought that was kind yeah, of yeah. I mean, he he wasn't I, that, was that kind of bad good. last year. A split between split between the Angels and Phillies. He wasn't that bad. Three ninety four ERA. Yeah, no one asked him back. He he had no second dates. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. yeah. Noah's uh, going out west. Yeah, he's a can't miss guy. Remember Degrom, Matt, Syndergaard, Wheeler, Degrom. Oh God, no one's gone. No one's here. Oh yeah, that whole entire yeah that whole entire group is gone now. Front page, Sports Illustrated, the Big Five. Speaking of New York, uh, former former Yankee outfielder uh, Joey Gallo is now a Minnesota Twin. Oh yeah. I mean, how bad is it that Joey Gallo gets a bigger contract than J.D. Martinez? Go figure Joey that Gallo. one out. Now, on second thought, don't straighten yourself over it. He cannot hit an egg. With one of those snow, we're tied to snow. Gallo, he cannot hit an egg into the ocean. Well, he got he got a one. He got a one-year, eleven million dollar deal from from uh, Minnesota. Yeah. One more year, one more year yeah. that, or I mean, one more million than uh, Martinez. Imagine that. Next time I, I prove I'm not good enough for my job, I'll just show up the next day. Oh yeah, eleven million. That guy should not be in the game. 
He's a pathetic no. hitter. Sorry. I mean, he, he's he, turned into a home run or strikeout Cash, hitter. Cashman cannot let him go. He was like, dude, this guy's terrible. We've got to let him go. Yeah. And uh, by the way, do not be surprised if the Yankees uh, bring back Nate Eovaldi because I know they've been linked to him even after hmm. signing Carlos Rodon. So oh, do not be Boston surprised. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you kidding me? Boston's not going to – Boston, he isn't even listed on Boston's priority <laughs> list. So what makes you think he's going to come I'm back kidding. to Boston? Team Bloom's already out. No. Been up to Boston. They literally do not give a fuck about him. All they care about is is he rejected the qualifying offer, which means that they'll get a draft pick if he goes elsewhere. So, right. That's all they care about. If you're a Red Sox right now, they literally pack your bags. Like, what are you doing? Like, we're trying to get you out of here. We're trying to save money. Wow. I mean, right, right now, I would, wherever. I would say this right now. If I was Boston, because let's face it, they're not going to sign him to an extension. If I was Boston, I would be, I would be shopping Rafael Devers to teams right now. You have to. You have to, Steve. I mean, let's think about this. Yeah. If, they're, if they're selling, shipping up to Boston, if they're selling, what are you going to do? He's, he, I'm sorry, man. He's going to leave. I know that's why I, that's why I said if I was if I was Boston right now if I was Boston right now I would sell, sell Devers I would sell him before the season because he's probably you're probably not going to get that much for him uh for a half a season compared to what you yeah. would get from a team if they had a full season of him And quite frankly he's pissed up right now Yeah I yeah. mean his, his whole team his whole roster He's like, dude, why am I here? Everyone's leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Cape Coast. So what are no, you waiting gonna, for? He's gonna he's ready to leave. Got a yeah. got a I'd say maybe uh four prospects. Ample would flip people all the time. Boston's yeah. drafting they're, they're timing their thing. They can't even get anyone on dollar. They're miss they're they're not even pulling the market. You know what I mean? They're not getting back well, they're the, the interest. Bank yeah, they're the interest kings. Don't you know that? They're the interest kings. No, they I mean, have their name yeah. in every single uh they have their name in every single free agent so that when they don't get them they can tell their fans, Well, yeah. hey, we tried. Yeah. Oh yeah. So their security's good at night. Yeah. And and the the grandma walking around who owns a deli in Boston going, What happened to you guys? Oh yeah, no, we're fine. No, they're protected. Uh that is no, a whole how how did how did Miami not get called there? That is a hold. That is a definite hold. That should that should yeah. be a hold, holding or pass interference on Miami right there. And by the way, Buffalo is in field goal range, so how much time left? conditions? We got about 50 seconds left. Yes. Now 45. And that, now that is pass interference. There you go. There you that go. right there is pass interference. Four touchdowns. Miami. Miami uh, 
what's his name? Uh, Allen just just aired it out in Miami. They weren't even going for the ball. They just shoved the defender out of bounds, basically. That should be pass interference. Yep, there we go. Buffalo just won this game. Now the only question is, do they go for the field goal or do they try to go for a touchdown? But it'll be at like the 11-yard line. It'll be at the 11-yard line right now. Can't miss that. Hey, if you play play silly or safe, mind me, come back. You got to score a touchdown right now. Oh, let's see. Miami and Buffalo both have two touchdowns. So, I mean, I guess Buffalo could kneel it and then go for a field goal. They could kneel it twice. Yeah, it looks like that's what they're going to do, I think. Yeah, No, they're not. Okay. Buffalo's just going to run it. I would would think, you know, I would think if I was – unless they're doing it just to get the right hash mark, uh, I would think the thing to do would be to kneel it and just let the let the clock run out after third down until until it gets to three seconds. But they might be doing it, I think, for the hash mark so that they get the right uh, positioning. Uh, by the way, a injury report for uh, the NFL, uh, Kyler Murray is officially out for the remainder of the season after tearing his yep. ACL on the third play of the game against the Patriots. Yeah. And also, from what it sounds like, it sounds like he could potentially miss a majority of his 2023 season as well because well, of the yeah, serious injury. He's always been an underachiever. He doesn't study the playbook. Not popular in uh, Arizona. So, rest nah, he just plays Call of Duty. Yeah, come back and uh, learn how to uh, run a run a team. What a joke! Well, hey, he has that he has that huge ass contract extension now, though. So, I guess it was yeah. convenient timing. Yeah, like you said, he loves uh, Call of Duty. They literally had to Buffalo put it I mean, that's pathetic. They just say you cannot play Call of Duty too much, and you have to study the playbook in his contract. Can you imagine that? Yeah, I'm, su- I'm surprised. He's like five foot. I'm surprised. I'm surprised right here. Uh, Buffalo could have just scored a touchdown right here, but they chose to. Uh, well, I guess they're running out the clock. That's why uh, they just chose. Uh, they just chose to uh, to slide. Yeah. Oh, great. So I lost 150 bucks. That's great. Ooh. Kind of Why? What? What did you? What is the? Uh, what is the spread? Minus right six. Now? I had a, I had a minus six. Oh yeah, yeah. You just you just got screwed by Buffalo then, because looks like they're probably oh, yeah. gonna. I don't know what they're doing right now actually, but it looks like maybe they might kneel it and then just do a field goal. That sucks. That's fun. Yeah, I got this. I got the spread at seven and a half for uh, games for games gridiron. Yep, yeah. they're kneeling. Yep, you just you just got screwed out of two hundred bucks. 
Have fun. I won uh, Colts minus, uh, sorry, plus 2.5, and then I won uh, Browns. Fourth and four. So, honestly, I'm probably breaking even off this when I lose this one. Mm. The Bills spread. Not the, not the biggest deal. Hey, uh, look. Hey, Lou, uh, good news for your Cowboys. It looks like they signed uh, T.Y. Hilton, so uh, he may may actually play immediately. Nice. From what it sounds like, uh, because they were going to sign Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, There were rumors going around that he would sign this week, but uh, instead they signed T.Y. Hilton. And Hilton has not played at all this year uh, after only having 23 catches last year with three touchdowns. They were going to sign Odell, and then they realized Odell cannot walk, so they signed T.Y. Well, no, they were going to sign Odell just so that they could, uh, you know, just so that they would have him under contract for next year. Oh, okay. Well, I never – I can never forget the Cowboys. This should be easy, but with these conditions, I don't know. 25 yards. But 25 yards in the snow. Yeah, but they cleared uh, it no, off. I want they overtime. Cleared, they I want cleared overtime. off the... Dives uh... in snow for the game for the win. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. That, that looks like it was right down the middle, actually. I don't know though. I lost. I lost sight of the ball as soon as he kicked. I couldn't tell. Uh, the Cowboys, though, they did uh, lose their starting right tackle, though uh, Terrence Steele. Uh, yeah. But they are getting back Tyrone Smith, though, right? Yeah. So it kind of all works out. Yeah, it kind of works out. But he was having a quite the strong season, though, as their starting right tackle. Uh, Steel was, but uh, he is uh, he suffered a torn ACL and he will be a restricted free agent uh, entering this off season. So I don't know if the yeah. Cowboys let him go, uh, they could potentially get something, I guess, for him, depending on if they qualify him. Well, it's Jerry World. So you never you never know what's going on. Yeah. True. And now with this loss, Miami drops to eight and six. Uh, New England obviously can improve to eight and six potentially, and so can uh, so can the Jets, depending on tomorrow's matchups. Mm-hmm. And the Buffalo Bills officially clinch a playoff spot with this win here. There's no doubt that anyway. By, by the way, guys, what are your thoughts, uh, since we're talking about injuries, uh, obviously Garoppolo uh, got injured. What are your thoughts yeah. on how Brock, uh, what are your thoughts on how Brock Purdy has performed since coming uh, in as quarterback? I think if, I think if Purdy keeps it up, uh, they won't need Garoppolo. I mean, 65% completion. He has uh, six touchdowns and two picks, 678 yards in, I think, three, yeah, three games that he's played, uh, that he started so far. 
And it looks like, for the most part, the the offense hasn't really struggled with him. Well, and look actually, at the way since becoming and it, it since becoming them. the starter, it, it, yeah, you know, since becoming the starter, he actually has because uh, he had a pick from earlier this year. Uh, but since becoming the starter, he actually is uh, has six touchdowns and one pick. So he's seemingly been very effective for the uh, for the 49ers as they uh, I don't know did they officially clinch a playoff spot yet? Yeah, I think they did. Uh, I don't know. Let me see. They're good. I I don't fear them. Yeah, they did. Pretty's been good. I'm kind of surprised considering he considering he was Mr. Irrelevant, uh, the final pick of the draft. Yeah. There you go. He was also an incredibly good uh, college quarterback. So goes to show. Yeah. Every draft pick is every 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 pick counts. I'm just kind of surprised though, because I mean, my God, you know, uh, either. Either he's that good of a quarterback or San Francisco is that good of an offense that, uh, you know, that Brock Purdy is uh, is performing well. And actually, Bill Romanowski uh, claims that, uh, Joe, that, that Brock Purdy has a little bit of Joe Montana in him with how he mm-hmm. plays. But then again, though, Bill Romanowski ha- did get knocked around one few too many times as a uh, as a player. So, number fifty three. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, Romanowski was. But uh, yeah, yeah, he definitely was. Uh, you know what? We have a little bit of time left, so uh, before we. Before we end up getting cut off, uh, let's talk about the World <laughs> Cup because yeah. we have the finals set for tomorrow uh, at 10 a.m. Eastern. Argentina, uh, Lionel, Argentina. Messi, uh, Lionel Messi looks to try and get his first World Cup victory. Uh, yep. I hope by taking on the defending champion France. I'm going Messi. Thank God someone agrees with me. I'm literally placing the bet right now. Yeah, you know, I I want to go messy, but this is, you know, this is my fear. I just, I have a bad feeling that France, I mean, they have all it's the momentum good. right now. They're, they're the defending, they're the defending champions from four years ago. And yeah. they have Mbappe, who's probably one of the top players, if not the top player in the world. On the planet. Yeah. But, I mean, then approach it. You're Messi. You've never won. You've always been that guy. He is due. This is their time. I mean, that's the mentality they have to have. True, France, he is France, due. France is coming up. They're already the champions. So, I mean... You know, look at both sides. Who's hungrier? Argentina. I'm going. I'm going Tina. 
Don't cry for me, Argentina. Yeah. I will say, you know, I will say this. I think it's going to be an incredible 10 a.m. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I, I think if they do go to penalty kicks, I think yeah. that I think that uh, what's it called that Argentina has the advantage specifically in penalty kicks. I definitely I hope think so. that. Um, I just I, yeah, I, not for nothing. I I just I hope it doesn't come down to penalty. I'd love like a three right. game. I'm 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 tired of uh. I think any person in the U.S. or worldwide. We don't want to see one zero. Give us some fireworks. Right, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, yeah, you're going to see Messi get involved. You're going to see Messi get involved. You're going to see Mbappe get involved, I'm pretty sure. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of, a lot of ways that, the, that this can go uh, between Argentina and France. Um, you know, I would not. And here's the thing, too. Argentina is actually favored to win. So what? Uh, minus one twenty, minus one fifteen. Yeah, I think I think I think that's what it is. Let me. So, I think you bet I'm pretty sure that's what it is. You bet hundred, you you win eighty. Argentina is the favorite. Yeah. I don't know. That sounds like a good bet. I don't know. France is ter- France is tough. I don't know. Yeah, and also France has been dealing with uh, a virus actually going through the uh, going through the roster. As I mentioned, as I mentioned. Um, also, it looks what like uh, it was. It looks like uh, it looks like Olivier Gir- uh, Giraud, uh, Griaud or G- or Giraud. Uh, for France, it looks like he will officially play, according to uh, to their uh, coach uh, Didier Deschamps. So uh, he was one of the players that was listed as that was doubtful um, for the final. But it sounds like he will play. Uh, it looks like, from what I'm reading here, um, Lionel Messi he did miss team the team's training on Thursday but it looks like he is good to go. Uh good. I think both teams might be fully healthy. What uh Steve, you have a, a good knack for a, a good read on the situation. Who are the uh who's the better goalkeeper? France or Argentina? Oh. Come on. That's that's a very important position. Let's go. Yeah, you know, I would probably say France mm. because I believe they've actually allowed the. Uh, I, I believe they've allowed less goals in this tournament so far compared to Argentina. Yeah. Then again, though Argentina. If I recall correctly, uh, Argentina has a pretty uh, explosive. I, I believe they won one of their games by uh, like six to nothing. I mean, they're both explosive. Yeah. Oh, by far, yeah. They're definitely both explosive uh, teams by far. I, I'm going Argentina. I got a feeling. Let me see. Messi. 
Messi's been waiting for that ring. So far, they've been using Emiliano Martinez. Uh, Martinez has allowed four goals. Ooh. Wait a minute. Hang on. Let me see. What is Loris allowed? Oh, no, that's the Premier League. I'm not looking for the Premier League. I'm looking for France. Here we go. Okay, so uh, both both goalkeepers have allowed four goals apiece. So you could say it's pretty much even as in terms of goalkeepers. But uh, Martinez, he plays originally for Aston Villa. Uh, this year, he's given up 15 goals and 15 starts, so he's given up about a goal per game. Loris has given up 21 goals in 15 starts. So I would say on paper, Argentina probably has the better goalkeeper. However, though, Loris plays in the Premier League, which is completely yeah. different. I believe Aston yeah. Villa... No, Aston Villa is in the Premier League too, actually. So both play in the Premier League. No, they're equally great divisions. I would say based off of the numbers, even though Loris has more saves, uh, Martinez has allowed fewer goals. So I would, I you know, I would say probably Argentina has the. Uh, has the edge plus, plus Martinez has uh, has more clean sheets compared to uh, compared to Loris. Loris has four. Martinez has five. So yeah, I, I guess you could say Argentina has the edge there. That could be uh, a pretty significant uh, difference. And plus, okay. let me see what they've done. Um, Messi and Alvarez are the two leading scorers. Alvarez has mm. four goals. Messi has five. Uh, Mbappe. Mbappe has five goals. Giroud has four goals. They're pretty much even, actually, offensively. Because their top three scorers all have five, four, and one, respectively. Mm, wow. So they have one. And they got. Yeah, I would say I would say assist wise, assist wise uh, for mo- for more assists, you could actually give that to France. Uh, however, Argentina. In past hmm. years, France beat Argentina in their last matchup four to three. But in past wow. years, before before Mbappe, Argentina had beaten France four straight years or four straight appearances. Wow. I don't know. I got I got a feeling. Yeah, granted, it's obviously not always going to uh, win, obviously, but I think Argentina is going to uh, get it done. Hopefully, I would like to, to see Messi. I, 
Yeah, I would. I would like to see Messi get his uh, get his World Cup. Get get the cup. That's it. I mean, that's got to be a mission, right? It's not right. gonna be easy. But... I mean, yeah. Right. That's why everyone's you know everyone's gonna have fun, watch it, you know, maybe gamble, whatever. Yeah. I'd love to see uh, Messi get it. Yeah. But anyways, uh, that's gonna wrap it up for uh, Sports Whispers Weekly tonight and for the remainder of 2022. Uh, thank you to everybody who has joined me this year. Uh, Alex, Lou, JB, thank you guys for joining me tonight. Uh, I hope everybody has a, uh, a happy holidays, a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. Uh, we will be back in the new year, assuming that, uh, you know, barring anything unexpected, like if I end up, you know, doing a podcast uh, before then, uh, who knows if I if I if if uh, if anything comes up I'll let I'll let Lou know and if he uh, you know if he joins in um, you know we'll let you know Alex uh, but of course as it you stands better. right now there probably as it stands right now there probably will not be another show until the new year so uh, okay. thank you thank you to everybody for joining me this year and we will see you guys in 2023.